Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name is Kevin. And my name is Daniel. And this is episode 114. It's special for why, Daniel? Because, why? Because uh, video games. Because it's summer. Because us. Because it's E3. Uh, uh, officially? Unofficially? I'm not sure. Okay, so officially, yeah, Jeff Keighley mm, kicked it off on right. Thursday with his Summer Games Fest kickoff live. But he swears he's not a part of E3. Exactly. He just keeps on fucking, like, bogarting screen time from E3. He's like the shepherd host, where, like, right. he's just nudging between events <laughs> and events. <laughs> it's it's like, a, he's, he's the troll underneath the bridge that mm. the ESA can't get rid of. Even if he's, like, not officially doing something with E3, it's like, he's still there. You know, like he, he still gets like rights to walk on stage if he wants to. So I think the thing is, so Jeff actually owns the rights to summer as a whole, <laughs> the season of summer and anything that falls underneath it belongs to him. Right. right? So E3, Geeked Week, everything. Yeah. He wasn't sure what to do with the season until, <laughs> until gaming yeah. <laughs> occurred. Yeah. So it is, uh, we are coming at you from, uh, June 12th. Mm-hmm. Okay, Saturday, June twelfth. We've already had a few pressers, yep. if you will. That's what the the games industry folk call, or or um, what the gamers call journos. That's not us. They, we're not journos. No. We live outside the fringe. We're like gaming mercenaries. We're gaming say. mercenaries. Gaming podcasting mercenaries. We're like the Deadpool's of <laughs> games media. <laughs> we are. What would we call our official job? T- I have these fucking business cards that yeah. say Poggers on it. And I'm not sure that's a job role or, like, a mental model. Didn't E3 tell us today what POG stood for? POG stood for people of the game. So that's us. <laughs> we're, the, we're the POG. <laughs> shit. <laughs> There's so much embarrassing shit. I gotta tell you, people are stretching their marketing degrees this year. <laughs> like, really just fucking stretching that bitch out. And just g- delivering cringe and meme in mm. equal fashion. The meme coming from the people making fun of the marketing people mm-hmm. that really, really put a lot of effort into this. I understand. I see you, PR people. Mm-hmm. You're still cringe as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but still. It's kind of like there, there's some good... A lot of bad, a lot of cringe. Yeah, a lot a lot of that. But, like, this being the first day of E3, like, this is usually how it is, right? Where, like, yeah. you're kind of preheating the oven for, like, the stuff you're really waiting for. Right, right. And that goofy seasoning is what really makes it E3, mm-hmm. right? If we didn't have that goof, if it was all just, like, mechanical, it'd be soulless, right? Yeah. We need to have people make stupid jokes or Jeff Keighley try to land some sort of conversation with a obviously a pre-recorded phone call of a person <laughs> and act like it's happening in real time and it's like oh my god this is like that scene from jurassic park which is apropos by the way mm-hmm. that scene from jurassic park where uh john hammond has like a script and like the john hammond on the screen is going like oh well hello john he's like oh hang on i gotta Shit, I got some more. <laughs> like this is what it feels like it's so goofy yeah i think officially the way we'll do this right like yeah. we're gonna do like an e3 like recap impressions everything right but inevitably we had to talk about the kickoff and then some of what happened today as well yes uh indeed how do we want to i mean we can kind of mention so the first thing today was remind me ubisoft yeah ub4 ubisoft mm-hmm. let me ask you about this. this is bothering me sure this is, we'll get to the games okay. this is real shit they keep on putting a ubisoft original mm-hmm. on like the cover of the titles like far cry 6 and other shit right mm-hmm. but Shouldn't it be an Ubisoft original? Or is it how you pronounce, is it Ubi or Ubi? So I think it it is always based off of either the first letter of the second word or how you pronounce it. Right. So if you pronounce it, so they want us to say it, a Ubisoft original. But otherwise it would be 
and Ubisoft. Yeah, and that's weird. So it's a Ubisoft okay. original. Yeah, we need to get it. Under the umbrella of the uh, UGU. Gotcha. Do we know anyone that works there that isn't also a harasser? Uh, not anymore, no. Oh, I... just harassers there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the one person that I that I know that worked for Ubisoft now works for Gearbox. So, oh, yeah. do they have a beat on, on how to pronounce this fucking company's name? They might, but they're too busy flaming Ubisoft on Twitter for being UB backwards and not addressing the stuff they need mm-hmm. to be, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I snuck that in my little thread talking about it, by the way. I was like, oh, by the I way, that, yeah. here's this report from uh, gamesindustry.biz about the fact that Ubisoft hasn't changed anything, really, to address uh, uh, harassment or allegations of sexual harassment at the studio. So, mm-hmm. good job. Let's celebrate fucking... Rainbow Six Zombie Mode. Yay! <laughs> I feel like it's going to be one of those things they're constantly going to sweep under the rug, and it's yeah. going to be this like ever-growing PR mountainous nightmare. And, uh, you know, you can't just address yeah. it once. <laughs> you, know? you know how corporations have, like, little mantras and stuff, like, you know, building better worlds? I use an evil corporation as an example. I figured. But um, I think all corporations, their real slogan is secede nothing admit nothing <laughs> that's what hmm. that's how they operate okay. absolutely yeah eves is more than happy for you to go ah oh, mario's back with the rabbits this one has a wig ha 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 and have us forget about the fact that these games are being made in terrible circumstances mm-hmm. jim sterling uh, stephanie james sterling forgive me mm-hmm. uh definitely came to or is it james stephanie james oh, stephanie sterling yeah uh <laughs> came came out and was just like fuck ubisoft like as hard as possible good then again that's his brand yeah like flaming corporations and yeah business models that are exploitative yeah of course i'll always respect them for like how they go about criticizing the industry i do i do now uh so today was ubisoft i don't know if we want to deep dive as much as on our next e3 roundup for that yeah i think we'll go hard on it i so i'll say about ubisoft so today we got ubisoft forward we got devolver digital which is really great and then we got the gearbox kind of showcase and for the bookends gearbox and ubisoft it is the thing that i experience every year where just because a studio can show up doesn't mean they should show up mm-hmm. right <laughs> where i feel like some things are better served in like a just hey we just did a, a video like kind of direct style thing versus like having a whole e3 presentation because like in some cases like ubisoft right it's like you have some things to show but not enough to warrant you taking up E3 space. Yeah, you I don't made think. you made a good comment when we were watching it, going like they could have honestly saved all of the Far Cry Six reveal for this instead of like piecemealing mm-hmm. it throughout like the last two weeks. Yeah. Which I agree, it makes the the whole showcase feel like it lacks oomph because mm-hmm. it's all things we know about, mm-hmm. which. I feel like is besides the point for these things, right? Mm. I mean, it's always good to show support for your older titles and sure. say, especially in Ubisoft's uh, circumstance, they have a bunch of live service games. So mm. I like that they still support these games rather than saying like, oh, it's done after six months, right? Mm. But, you know, when you have this mix of, hmm, you're showing me another cutscene from Far Cry, there's not much, much surprise there. And then you're suddenly talking about post-launch content before the game even comes out, which has been openly criticized again and again in mm-hmm. the industry. Like, please just focus on the game release and then talk about your post-launch yeah. plans. But that's the model for them. Yeah, I get it. Like, I, every single-player, every multiplayer game launches with a roadmap. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It's a little tiring, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, also, thank you for catching me earlier on uh, James, Stephanie, Sterling. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go by they, them, right? Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I was thinking about that, and I was like, you know what? We gotta make sure we do better. Yeah, respect <laughs> pronouns. Indeed, indeed. It ain't hard. Um, I, I will say for the, the UB forward thing, like there, there were some new things too, like, you know, 
which is fine. Like, you know, obviously there's support to your new stuff, like the Rainbow Six thing. I think we might have, like, known there was a new Rainbow Six game coming, but, like, I obviously hadn't seen much about it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know anything about that. Uh, our friend of the show, uh, Christian Antonio, was hmm. tweeting me about it. He's going like, oh, actually, this whole thing started as an event within Rainbow Six Siege, mm-hmm. and then they branched off into its own game because it was pretty successful, which mm-hmm. I think is cool. Yeah. Because that was my initial surprise where it was like, this feels like it could just be an expansion to Siege. Why is it a standalone? Yeah. Like, what merits that? And then seeing some of the footage, I'm like, okay, cool. It looks like they're adding some mechanics. It looks mm-hmm. like they're actually thinking about how enemy encounters works. And one cool thing is that you extract operators that you eventually play as. Hmm. So, like, there's there's like kind of a thrust to go do that. So, it's, it's intriguing. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what it was originally called, though? I don't. It was called Rainbow Six Quarantine. Oh, that's right. When it was announced. And yeah. they, they flipped that name. <laughs> probably smart. Yeah, probably smart. But also Extraction could be the name of just a normal Rainbow Six game. Mm-hmm. Is that like a marketing ploy at that point? Are they high-fiving each other because they can trick people into getting something that has a very horror undercurrent to it? Mm-hmm. But horror doesn't sell like as well as just like normal Tom Calancy games probably i mean that was my thought too where it's like you could have rebranded this as anything else and it like still would have been a ubisoft i think you you could have called it like rainbow six outbreak and that would have still been fine without making people feel like oh covid 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 you know like i don't know but i get wanting to like kind of not associate yourself with the last 16 Mm. months of a quarantine landscape true true which is why it feels like it's playing more like a sci-fi fantasy shooter than it is like a a division type game set in like a post outbreak yeah (laughs) which is interesting and i i'm not i'm not vested in the siege ecosystem Mm -hmm. but apparently there's characters from siege that are also like well into this Mm -hmm. uh so cool for that i know siege has a very very fervent following Mm -hmm. so Here's your undead nightmare version of yeah. Siege, I guess. <laughs> so, who was it? Imran Khan, who is like, it's Rainbow Six. Uh, oh, it's it's <laughs> it's Rainbow Resident Evil 6. Rainbow Resident Evil 6, yeah. <laughs> we got some other Looking stuff, though. It. We got roadmaps for Far Cry 6, which feels like, again, like you said, kind of putting the cart before the horse. And then... That more, was all bewildering. Yeah. Too. More Assassin's Creed Valhalla stuff. What was the thing? Uh, Tribes of Midgard. What's it? Was the thing they showcased? Yeah, as well? they actually showed that at uh, Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Jamboree. Yeah, um, it looked interesting. It's an isometric Diablo S survival game. Mm-hmm. It, it it's like Valheim mixed with Diablo, and it looks really cool. Actually, sorry, am I, am I mixing that up, or was that at the Gearbox one? <gasps> You're right. Oh. It was one of the only things that was interesting at the Gearbox <laughs> one, besides Randy Pitchford schmoozing with Eli Roth. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Listen, I, I wanted to preface this earlier, but mm. we're going to fuck up E3 coverage. Oh, yeah. We're not professionals. No. One. And we're going to be a week late. Two, we can't do it all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's too much fucking shit. Everyone yeah. is vying for attention right now to the to the point that they're having showcases that they shouldn't even fucking have. <laughs> showcases where they don't have anything to show. Mm-hmm. Gearbox, baby. What what <laughs> the fuck? That come on, man. And then this this Koch Media cock up mm-hmm. that occurred yesterday. Apparently it was like the most boring fucking event on earth. It's like a shareholders call with video games mentioned. Yeah, it was like a two hour affair that could have been best served as like a three, sorry, like maybe 30 minute to 40 minute sizzle reel. Yeah. Of just the games. Yeah, just show the games. games. It was a lot of talking, a lot of like interview style Mm -hmm. stuff, which is cool, but I feel like you want to pair that with stuff to show as well. And granted, like you might not be able to show things right away. That's totally fine if you don't have stuff ready to show, right? But 
I don't know. It felt like it it didn't belong in E3. I think I would especially like if I if I were a publisher and I knew that I have to breathe the same oxygen as like 14 other companies at once, I would want to get in and make as punchy of an impact as possible while wasting people's times as little as possible. Mm-hmm. So to have this fucking like flagrant 2-hour showcase from a company that most people don't even know what the fuck it is. It sounds like a fucking investment firm. Yeah, I had no <laughs> idea who they were, sadly. I, I feel like any company wants their their brand to be out there. And for me to just be first now hearing of Koch Media, I was like, oh, okay. But like, they definitely got their sizzle reel in uh, the Summer Game Fest showcase. Yeah, which was kind of like, oh, this is who they are. Cool. Was also bizarre, though. Because yeah. they like literally slapped you with 17 games. So we're going to the other extreme there. Mm-hmm. They're either taking too much time or they're not taking enough yeah. time to show these games off. I was just bewildered by everything this company is doing. Yeah. Sure. We'll, we'll put you in a corner there, coach. Yeah. <laughs> Co- coach. Let, hopefully they get their games out when they want to get them out. And then, you know, they can solicit feedback from their showcase. And if they want to do one next year, sure. just do it a little differently. Just do it a little differently. Yeah. Because like then I look. How about at- don't do it again. <laughs> that that would be my advice. Just don't do it again. That's fair. Sprinkle your games and showcases that people actually want to watch yeah. and care about. Or remember the days when like you can get third party announcements in in Microsoft Everywhere. shows yeah. or yeah, Sony yeah. shows. You could just do that. You'd still do that. You could, maybe not Sony, but you, you could still <laughs> just do that. You know. Anyhow. Yeah. That well, that's gonna be E three though. It's like companies that like should be doing showcases versus ones that should. Right. And um, I don't know. It's tough because I think like. You want to be a part of E3 as a company, yeah. right? Like, that's the time you're out there to advertise your product and put your name out there. Right. But it's it's like a trade show that uh, audiences, massive audiences can see as well, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's like, of course, you want to put your best foot forward. But it's like showing up to a party without any drinks, right? Where it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, we got a Rager going on. Oh, yeah, fucking, yeah, Gearbox, they're going to bring the six pack, right? And then they show up with a beer for just themselves <laughs> let me talk to you about gearbox real yeah. quick well first of all if it feels like these events are becoming more and more tailored to just like randy pitchford having a <laughs> just some time to be- randy mm-hmm. randy randy you could just stream mm. like you don't have to like take up everyone's time and have you like make weird pit for pat with like pete like he was talking to like what kevin hart and stuff yeah and, and eli roth and eli roth and like all the actors of the borderlands movie and stuff and it's like why is this guy interviewing everyone oh because he, he like he, he owns gearbox you know he's the man mm-hmm. yeah but every time he his face is put out there some sort of fucking like dust storm of controversy <laughs> gets like dug up yeah. around him, right? Like it has been long held that he's a bad look for that company. Mm-hmm. It's been said that, you know, like I've read think pieces of going like, Gearbox is a great company except for this guy. <laughs> and yet he's the one that's like our mascot for this fucking company. Can we stop? <laughs> Can we just like let the guy stream, but like stop taking up like the g- everyone's time? Yeah. Like, please, please, Randy, this is my advice to you. Okay. You're, n- I, you might, by all accounts, you're a nice guy. Mm hmm. Well, actually, not all accounts at all. By some. By some accounts, <laughs> you have the potential of being a nice guy. <laughs> so uh, this is me doing you a favor. Just start a Twitch channel mm-hmm. and fucking talk to your fans that way. You know, yuck some yums while playing Homeworld 2. All right? Mm. <laughs> Did you know Homeworld 3 is coming? What? <laughs> what? What's yeah. happening? It's coming, apparently. I got announced. Homeworld 3? Yeah, I have Did, no clue what that is. Did they is. show a trailer? No. Oh. It was, what, a black background that just said Homeworld 3 is coming? Oh. Yeah. So they took up like 30 to 40 minutes to to announce that. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Can I, yeah, th- 
this is kind of the theme this year. I feel like these companies are shooting themselves in the foot by, like, seceding their own surprise to other events. Like, why? Like, we already got the, the Wonderlands reveal mm-hmm. at, at uh, Jeff Keighley's event. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's like, okay, well, I'm tuning in thinking I'm going to see more Wonderlands. That's going to be really cool about the gearboxing. Mm-hmm. And instead, we see, like, a few still frames and somebody talking about how wonderful, in very vague terms, this game is going to be. Mm-hmm. And then we move the fuck along. That is called wasting people's time. <laughs> that You know what that feels like to me? Mm. It feels like in this, this ocean of announcements and marketing, it's like companies are just trying to get pulse checks for free, Sure, basically. They're like, hey, uh, remember us. And it's like, yeah, I remember you, Gearbox. What do you got going on? Godfall, PS4. <laughs> what? <laughs> is that not out on PS4 already? N- no. No. Oh, Okay. <laughs> godfall on ps4 <laughs> that's what you want me here for <laughs> and a few other things and a few other things yeah. yes an awkward conversation with kevin hart thank you <laughs> thanks scarebox yeah i mean there was a way and pacing is a problem of like any event right pacing and presence and uh we'll talk about it with jeff Keeley's event as well yep i think like you can show up and obviously like you know stuff's gonna get leaked earlier showcase here and there much like the the Wonderland thing had been like kind of leaked ahead of time as like the, this new Gearbox IP title, right? Um, I think it would have been totally cool for them to actually just own that in full and get to present it as like either their opener or their closer for their event, um, and then obviously like kind of just give like the procedural updates of stuff like, hey, yeah, Godfall, it's gonna be fucking cross gen, it's gonna be on PS4 retroactively. You know, we're gonna have all this other stuff that you're excited for, which is you know neat. I don't know, but. I- Gearbox's whole thing felt like the show showcase equivalent of this could have been an email. Uh, <laughs> That's sure. what that whole thing felt like. Sure. Like it didn't need to happen. For sure not. And then like I'm seeing it over and over again where it's like fucking Devolver is like the only company that comes in and gets it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, hey, we're going to give you something interesting. Here's things you haven't heard of or at least, uh, you know, might be fresh to you. Mm-hmm. And here's some great, great jokes and writing and production to it. Yeah. 30 minutes in and out. That's the beauty of devolver digital where it's like they if you're gonna take up my time give me stuff i want and also make it entertaining and they know how to entertain like yeah the comedy the script writing the presence of like the the devs coming together to make this like showcase that was only 30 minutes long and have it be satirical and biting and commentary on the industry all while having nina struthers at the center of it just being amazing like was just so much fun to watch and then the indie darlings that got sprinkled throughout it which is like oh i'm excited for all this stuff mm-hmm. so i understand that the statement's probably a little too forward but mm-hmm. i want to marry that woman oh my god yeah 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 Let's... she likes chili dogs right. she looks good with a side cut oh and yeah I want to just carry her on a plank like those two uh, bodybuilders did. <laughs> <laughs> that side cut did... Uh, it did numbers for me. It was the first thing I felt in a while, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. Well, except for... Uh, did you know Homeworld 3 <laughs> is in development? <laughs> All right. Before we get into this more, we must introduce who we are. We are The Save Room, brought to you by the <laughs> the bags underneath Jeff Keeley's eyes. <laughs> He's so tired. Might Can be... I be left bag? Yeah. You're left okay. bag. I'm right, right bag. Back. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, he's so tired, man. So tired. I'm sorry, Jeff. You're doing the work, man. Well, he spent a year plus in gaming prison for holding out on the Elden Ring reveal. And That's right. They finally released him from it, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But it's just right. like, yeah, of course he's tired. <laughs> but I feel like the same thing happened after the Game Awards, where like he put on like this like you know amazing presentation for being like kind of the 
biggest thing we got in uh, COVID, right? And he was just so exhausted after. Right. Can I ask you a real question? Huh? Do you think Jeff crunches? Of course. You think he crunches? I think he does, yeah. Mm. And that's unfortunate. We need to talk to Jeff. Mm. He, he has a very inhospitable work environment for himself. Hmm. Jeff, you got you to gotta clean up that act. Jeff, you need to talk to your yeah. boss. You're the boss boss. <laughs> anyway, you can find the Save Room on SoundCloud.com slash The Save Room Show or Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and RSS feeds across the universe. If you wanted to see our faces and us screaming at video games, you can catch me over at Twitch.tv slash The Red Herb. You can say Herb. I won't get mad mm-hmm. out loud. Or you can find my dude... Twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels out there. Wow. God damn, dude. Coming in there with Final Fantasy Intergrade yesterday, homie? Uh, it, apparently, it's called Intermission. What? <laughs> yeah, I what, didn't know that. Hang on, hang on. So it's yes. Inter. So Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, 1.2 Intergrade Intermission Inter Plus. Subtitle inter- Intermission. Yes, Is there. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I got makes one sense. of those stupid Square Enix titles. Question. Hi, I got a question yes. for the class. Hi, the thank back. you, Daniel. Um. Does the Cactor Shuriken come for free? So, unfortunately, uh, not. Uh, this extra episode of Final Fantasy VII Remake is paid content, so $20. But there's an added add-on content, which is a $10 Cactuar Shuriken star that you can get for Yuffie. But, but I get it. If I if I spend the 20 no, I get that. Wait. So, in whole, you would spend $30. I'm spending $30 yeah. all to get... Uh, okay, mm. yeah, yeah. That... Sounds about Square Enix. Yeah. <laughs> great. Uh, game looks great. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. my God. It's you, You've been playing a little bit of it. Yeah, too, yeah. Right? Upgrade's beautiful. So let's talk about that first, the upgrade. Sure. We'll keep this part short because we got a lot of episode ahead of us. This is chaotic. The, yeah. <laughs> We've had a lot of coffee. This is chaotic. Yeah. And that's how we roll. So PlayStation and their whole PS5 upgrade situation is a fucking nightmare, right? Yes. Where, like, I actually already had the PS4 version of Final Fantasy VII Remake installed, but yet I still had to go through this process of, like, reinstalling it on my hard drive, like, because I had it on my external, because, like, you can't play PS5 games off an external hard drive. And then I had to move it to my console space, and then you have to purchase the PS5 upgrade, which is a whole thing, which is another 80 gig, you know, download, right? And then after that, you're not done yet, because you have to upload your PS4 data to the cloud (laughs) from the PS4 version of Final Fantasy VII, and then whoop switch over to ps5 version and then download it and right. i'm just like smart delivery seems like fucking light years ahead of this why if, why if what's you're wrong wondering Sammy? it's easier getting a work visa than, <laughs> than getting your save to fucking yeah. work in intergrade it's easier to get insurance <laughs> yeah jesus christ um but yeah i hope they figure that out mm-hmm. <laughs> watch when these actually no final fantasy 7 remake has not come out for xbox at all huh mm-hmm. So they're probably going to get integrated first if they get the game, mm-hmm. which it's inevitable, right? I feel like they would get it all together. It was supposed to be only a year exclusive. <laughs> we have skirted yeah. past April. Mm-hmm. Sony must be fucking paying some money to mm-hmm. keep that going on, oh, right? Because yeah. like, god damn. But still, it is a nice force function. Final oh, yeah. Fantasy, more than a couple of people know about it, apparently. And even with integrated too being like PS5 only, right? I think that's forced... A few people who probably, like, didn't have a PS5 to get one. Yeah. I mean, like, when you look at the grand spectrum of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, you got Xbox out here with Bethesda being all theirs now and Starfield and whatever next titles are almost 
definitely going to be Xbox exclusives. You know, Sony's just like grabbing onto what it can. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like so it, it fucking bullied uh, remake out out of like the <laughs> Xbox catalog. It was like, nah, no, you're not yeah. getting that. No, fuck your Game Pass. Yeah, bullshit. you still fucking Elder Scrolls Six. <laughs> yeah, we're keeping Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, dude. It's <laughs> so <laughs> little little stink in their eye. But the expansion episode is is really great. It takes place in between like kind of points of the the base game uh, where Cloud kind of like falls through like the sector of six slums and meets Aerith, and then like you know the rest of avalanche is kind of off doing their own thing and you play as yuffie uh Ketsuragi, who's like a ninja from wutai who is trying to steal materia uh for her land and try and kind of improve you know the city the i, I guess it's a city the city of wutai uh after some war ravaging could be a province we don't yeah. we don't want to assume it could be a province exactly could be a province, yeah. and yeah she's just trying to kind of get together with uh, like a cell group of of avalanche ops people to break into Shinra's headquarters and steal materia. And you come across a new character, uh, Sonin, who is not playable. Think like how kind of Red 13 is in the the main game where he is part of your party and you can interact with him and do like... And he's a big of, red dog. And, well, no. <laughs> he's got a big red spear. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, but he's cool. His interaction <laughs> <Yuffie. laughs> is awesome. And they kind of do the thing that they do in Persona 5 where you can kind of do like showtime sort of stuff in the form of like uh they're called oh my god i had the word what the fuck was intergrades it? no synergy attacks <laughs> oh, okay so you'll have them both in your party and you'll hit like l2 and it actually elevates like their attacks together to where like you know he'll jump in and he'll save her or he'll heal her or they'll do like combo attacks together and it's, cool. it's yeah it's really really dope um the game's awesome so far i mean a lot of it is a retread of like what was already there reusing assets and stuff but like Mm -hmm. seeing it run on the ps5 seeing like you know the load times or lack thereof and like some of the effects are are really awesome and yeah it's just it's great being back in that world just seeing like Mm -hmm. you know seeing tifa seeing you know biggs wedge jesse and just like just being in that world again is just always a blast for me yeah it's great going back into the slums Mm -hmm. i i I missed this it's weird to say i miss the slums (laughs) i i love the um the, the perfectly beautiful people that are impoverished but have perfect hair. Yeah. Flowing hair and great stylish haircuts, just walking around talking about things like fucking Walmart or goddamn chocobos. <laughs> it's fucking great. I missed it, man. Yeah. Um so I'm actually very stoked to like replay the entire game on PS five. Oh. Because I want to see all like the improvements. I hear that the almost instant load times mm-hmm. Uh, really help with the pacing, especially of like the first half of cool. Final Fantasy VII Remake. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm gonna have to go back because there's a lot of like corridor loads of like I'm walking behind a thing, we're loading yeah, the next yeah. area, and I'm sure or that's the, the sidle, the cloud yeah. sidle that you have to do. Uh-huh. And like I'm sure it's still gonna be there, right? Like because that's just that's coded into the game of like an action you have to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah there's no like, way to undo that. It'll just be. Faster. There's some other instances where there's definitely some long ass like load mm-hmm. times between areas that are just gone now. Yeah. So. Yeah, it'll be great. But it's cool. They added a photo mode. And I mean, Damn. honestly, I just I love the expansion of getting to play with her character a bit more because like she was just an optional character that you could either miss altogether mm-hmm. or get. And her, her story was like, I think, important to the overall world of Final Fantasy seven. But like, again, you could miss it entirely. And a lot of her stuff gets expanded on and like other stuff mm-hmm. like advent children and kingdom hearts of all places yeah n- n- now <laughs> so. that um not that i've played the whole dlc but now that i see kind of like what what it is and how it's a companion piece to the uh, original i still hold strong to my prediction mm-hmm. of that characters like vincent and whoever other is optional mm-hmm. will not be in the core game they will be dlc chapters like mm-hmm. this like that made people mad when i said that by the way 
Yeah. <laughs> I got like Ben from GameSpot mad at me for saying. He's like, I hope they don't do that, homie. I don't think they would. And I'm like, I they, absolutely believe that they would. They might. They but just did it. They just did it. <laughs> I think what they'll do is they'll probably do these like kind of $80, $90 pairings, right? Where each main part is the game and then you have an expansion episode. And then maybe yeah. moving on into the next part, Yuffie's in it or whoever is in it, right? Like you think Yuffie will be like in Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. I don't know where the end of this story okay. goes because I'm so it's in two chapters. I'm at the end of chapter two right now, and I'm not sure exactly where it lands. It could be one of those things where they just like don't touch on her again, but like just the way mm-hmm. they have her in the story, I don't know. It's possible they they yeah, could forego it. It's it's funny because I played like a little bit of it and watching you play some of it. It's kind of like Ender Shadow. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Where mm-hmm. it's like, huh. I guess Bean was in the background of this scene, and that's, like, what Yuffie's doing, where, like, the rest of the crew of Avalanche is just out there just fucking smoking cigarettes and petting mm-hmm. cats, and <laughs> and she's, like, walking around going, I need to find Avalanche. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, it's one of funny. those things where, like, it takes place before the plate drops, too, and, like, yeah. I guess she's the first person to really know about it, so... I don't know. It would be unfortunate if they dropped her character, especially the way they're, like, using, like, the... the what is it? The uh, the spirits, the uh, the wisps, yeah, the whispers yeah. to like uh, you know kind of push her off. Yeah, like, they're trying to keep her want. away from the, the yeah. fucking main game. That's why I'm saying so. I don't think she won't return. Mm-hmm. I don't think she'll be in part two in the way that people want her to be, like a main playable. I character. think what you're going to see is more like these companion intermission DLCs that mm-hmm. continue Yuffie's story, maybe introduce Vincent, yeah. and you have like this sub Final Fantasy universe that isn't a part of the main game. I know you're wincing at me. People fucking hate this. Yeah. Square Enix wants to make some money. No, I know. I know how they operate. I'm a Kingdom Hearts fan. Like I, <laughs> I'm a Final <laughs> Fantasy 15 fan. I understand. <laughs> And their money grabbing scheming it would just suck now like i think even how they kind of posit her in the game is like you come at her like where she's like already leveled up a bit like she has her weapons and skill sets about her yeah, yeah. i feel like you can drop her into like part two maybe not throughout the entirety of the game but you know how 15 did it where like along the way you would meet people like RNA. RNA. yeah like yeah, rna yeah. and like she would be in your party for a bit and like i feel like they could do that still you know that's a good point that game did rna dirty yeah she exactly. needed more play oh yeah RNA way more play. was fucking awesome she's a great character i was like uh, oh someone interesting and then she walked away and i was like oh i guess we're gonna get with the photo guy yeah i'm okay i love prompto <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i mean yeah 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 but uh integrate's great so far um really like it and then there's some fun stuff in it too like you know fort condor Fort Condor actually had a little fun playing Mm -hmm. that. I didn't think I would because I'm not like big on tower defense or Mm. anything that even resembles a tactical game. Makes me mad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like it makes me internally mad. I've never revealed that before, Mm. but it's, it it just, it hurts. Right. But uh, yeah, I played it and I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. It's just rock, paper, scissors with like the enemies coming your way. And there's even a little guide on the, on the screen. You're Mm -hmm. like, look at that. And I was like, oh yeah, thanks Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) It was fun. It's, it's pretty handy. (laughs) the, the, The silly thing it does is like, it makes you play that game with yeah. like tertiary and secondary characters from the main game. So you play Jesse, you play Roche, you play fucking uh, what's play the... against them, right? Yeah, you play yeah. Johnny like in these like fucking like chess tournaments of of tower defense. So yeah, um, it's fun. I don't know. You could take it or leave it if you like it or not. So uh, yeah, it's it's optional, yeah. but obviously if you want to get the rest of the things, but you know the but, trophies if you're like us. We'll yeah. Oh yeah, we're trophy a lot fiends. Of that fucking Fort Condor from now on. Do you want to get into the main thrust? Actually, there is no main thrust because there's more stuff to get into before the main thrust, I think. Yeah, so the main thing is going to be, uh, what, Jeff Keighley's Summer of Gaming and then sure. Kickoff Live, which was Thursday. And then we had a few stuff that happened like, 
a few things that happened leading up to last week and, and before, but we'll, we'll get through it quick. We'll call this, I don't know, what do you want to call it? The Summer News Heat Down? Hmm. Summer News Honing Missile? I podcast about E3 and all I got was this shirt. There you go. <laughs> Number one on that. <laughs> uh, Battlefield 2042 got a reveal trailer and date and details. So, Oh, yeah? I know that's pretty exciting for some people. Um, here are kind of the so we're not battlefield fans like we're battlefront fans in terms of the star wars games but like battlefield is like lost on us we got kicked out of the pog club dude oh no we're not pog yeah, anymore. we're not the people of the game anymore if we're, if we're out here going like some people <laughs> like a lot of people really like it a lot of people love battlefield yeah they do some people prefer it to the kaludi mm-hmm. the cod if you will i call it kaludi myself because mm-hmm. i'm sophisticated but you are. um i the semi aspects of battlefield never landed for me mm-hmm. you know where it's like i gotta actually aim my my, my shot in, in a way where the bullet takes in into account the wind and whatnot and mm-hmm. i know that's super cool for people that really um are in love with guns but <laughs> <laughs> yeah battlefield it's a game for gun nuts <laughs> go ahead sir yeah we'll see if any of this lands for you so some some details here there is going to be no battle royale or single player campaign battlefield 2042 will instead focus on its multiplayer offering supporting 128 players on pc playstation 5 and xbox series s and x while playstation 4 and xbox one versions of the game support only 64 players there will also be the option of playing against ai bots either solo or with a squad of friends now battlefield 2042's design director daniel berlin told Eurogamer about the lack of a single player campaign quote i think that's just something that enables us to really lean into what we are best at if you look at the dna of the studio what we've been doing for so long we just said you know what we're not going to have a traditional single player campaign this time around but we're going to put all that emphasis and all those resources into building depth in the multiplayer because that is what we do best Hmm. end quote Uh, it's also going to feature seven new maps four special ops classes battlefield 2042 is coming to playstation 5 windows pc and xbox series x on october 22nd with versions for ps4 and xbox one arriving the same day so pretty exciting stuff Hmm. but i gotta ask you something kevin is it a political game is this is this gonna be the first political battlefield battlefield 2042 well actually it's so interesting that you would mention that um i forget his name but somebody from dice it might be the same gentleman that you're talking about here daniel birth berlin uh berlin (laughs) (laughs) daniel birth daniel sorry i read that wrong so i had to look over the laptop but um said that uh all of that you know there's there's uh like a climate apocalypse occurring in the game fucking tornadoes come in and can like destroy a multiplayer match very cool stuff Mm -hmm. but also there is um expats out there with no country or land fighting for resources and stuff Mm -hmm. and despite all these undertones these things that kind of just feel like they have a real world inspiration dice said it's just there for gameplay reasons we're not Mm -hmm. trying to say anything yeah we said it so far in the future we didn't have to say anything about it sure (laughs) sure 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 once again i find myself making the same comment which is when you play with these influences in a way where you only really are interested in the aesthetics of it Mm -hmm. you are admitting that your game is shallow Mm -hmm. cut and dry like, I'm sure nobody on the team wants to admit that Battlefield 2042 is a shallow game, mm-hmm. but it is. <laughs> so there you go. But hey, they admitted it. You know, they, they're admitting it's just there for gameplay reasons. Mm-hmm. Shallow, just window dressing. Cool. Thank you. Let's move on. <laughs> Hopefully Activision will do the same next. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a funny thing. I, I think 
it speaks to this this need to like dodge the political bullet no matter what from publishers where mm-hmm. it's like no dude like even people n- i bet you there's fucking like a bunch of people more than a bunch of people at this studio that do not believe what they're doing is apolitical in any form <laughs> or fashion but like ea is like yeah but the p word is the bad word for mm-hmm. sales the P word is bad press. The P word is Reddit forms of people freaking out and going, they're forcing politics down our throat and mm-hmm. all this shit, right? You can make the argument to this this fan base that, well, all art is inherently political. Mm-hmm. If you want something that's completely apolitical, then don't have people make it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really resonate with people. Or it actually, not resonate, it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to them. <laughs> so it, it's just like this stupid back and forth. We see it every time, and we're going to see it with every jingoistic military shooter <laughs> that acts like it has nothing to do with like real-world influences. Fuck yeah. off, right? But yeah, it's just annoying. I don't know. How Six do you, days in Fluja, not political game. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. We're not we're not trying to say anything. We're just trying to very like be documentarians and just unbiasedly show about war crime, about both sidesisms in a war in the yeah. Middle East. Yeah, no, fuck off. It's just nasty. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't know how much room there is. To be fair, I don't know how much room there is in a uh, multiplayer only battlefield game to mm-hmm. make any sort of statement, uh, political or otherwise. Sure. To be honest with you. But um, again, you have to at least like admit, hey, yes, literally the fact that we are marching towards our climate death, a heat death Mm -hmm. in a couple of years uh, is the inspiration for what we're doing here. Right. And we thought that was important to put it here for X, Y, Z reasons. Although in this instance, they're like, we thought that was important because for gameplay. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. Yeah, because we wanted the day after tomorrow, the game. But we didn't want to say anything political about it. So. <laughs> Couldn't get Jake back, huh? Yeah. But the reveal trailer was yep. a lot of fun to watch. No gameplay, really, but like it was just a lot of like things happening. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> yeah. a lot of like gunplay and helicopter. And fucking jet harriers, people yeah. jumping out of them, doing r- rocket yeah. jumps. Yeah, people were like fucking squirrel gliding through the air. So, yeah. I imagine zanious. when they get that into this 128 player sprawl, it's going to be a blast because like, yeah. that's the thing about Battlefield. Like the multiplayer arenas are crazy. Like how large they are and all mm-hmm. the things you can do within them. You it, know, it's also nice to have um, consoles catch up to have that big of a player count without mm-hmm. shitting the bed. Yeah. That's I think insane. that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to like just totally bury Battlefield. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I think it's a stupid fucking standard publisher response, you know, to that kind of thing. But the game, looks like it could be a lot of fun Mm. and actually let me ask you this how do you feel about the fact that they're just like outright saying we're not adding a campaign you know because it feels like we had that controversy back with black ops 4 Mm -hmm. where they're like yeah there's no campaign this year and people are like well the game should be half off (laughs) (laughs) and i'm sure people are saying the same shit that this game shouldn't be 70 bucks which it definitely is what do you think? Oh, yeah. That, so that's the thing, too, where it's like, how do you justify asking people to spend $70 on a strictly multiplayer game? And then I look at games like Overwatch, right? A game that was $60 multiplayer only that I've been playing nonstop for five years. I've definitely gotten miles out of that game. I've yeah. definitely gotten my $60 worth. For sure. I think like the problem with games like this, because they're like annual or biannual in most cases, is like... Am I going to be playing it beyond the first year launch to really justify it? Mm-hmm. But I think like if even if you spend a hundred hours to like two hundred hours with a multiplayer game, like that, I think that's your money's worth. Like I don't know. Sure. It all just depends on like how you value your dollar and what you think a seventy dollar experience is. I think in terms of quality, polish, scale, and all the stuff they're trying to do with it, I think that's worth seventy dollars. And we're mm-hmm. already at the point too where like video games are 
cheaper than they should be. <laughs> so it was inevitable. Now, like, would I have loved to have seen a campaign? Sure, but what would have been the point in the game where they're not trying to say anything? Right. So like a game like Battlefield One where it's like, hey, we're doing like this kind of war stories thing and we want to do these right. vignettes about these characters and what World War Two was it? And those were cool. Those were cool, right? Yeah. And I thought that was awesome now. And um, World War One actually. They did for both, right? Yeah. Because Battlefield Five had the that was free on PS Plus, by the way. I might actually play the campaign in that one because I liked um the World War One one. Jesus. Yeah. The World War One 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 one. <laughs> I think that's the one I'm thinking of where you play yeah. as like a French pilot and stuff. Yeah. And, like yeah. that's awesome. So, but I feel like they did that because they thought they had something to say with it. And then this is the case where it's like, well, we know multiplayer is what people play. We've probably seen the data and the engagement with the campaign. It's not worth it. Much like Call of Duty at points, right? So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Wasn't one of their other games uh, multiplayer only? Was it a Titanfall? Oh, was it like EA in general? Yeah. Yeah. Titanfall 1 had no campaign at all. And a lot of people, well, think about when it came out. That was like the launch of uh, Xbox, right? Mm. Xbox One, I should say. And people were giving it the stink because of that as well. And then part two rectified by having one of the greatest campaigns in first person shooter history, actually. That's a fucking amazing campaign. (laughs) But um, I think if you look at DICE... In specific, sure. they don't have a great track record with campaigns. Mm. I mean, War Stories, even some of those weren't that great. Yeah. Like, the idea overall is really cool, and some of the stories stood out, but that ended up still being like a five, six hour experience sure. altogether, right? And it's like, if it's diverting resources, and if you look at games like Battlefield 3, which had a dog shit fucking campaign, mm. and I don't know if Battle, I think Battlefield 4 did. I can't even remember. That's how much it matters, right? Yeah. So it's like, I, I agree with them. I agree. Like, yeah, focus on your strong suit. Obviously, mm. multiplayer is your shit. And obviously, super obviously, people stick with the multiplayer long term. It's not like they're fucking playing the single player every day of their lives mm. and going, thank you for this. This yeah. is worth 30 extra dollars. No. get get Come on, guys. Because, like, realistically, people will play through a campaign once and then bounce off of it. Forever. Right? That happens with so many single player games where it's like, cool, I beat it in, like, a day. I'm going to return it now. Right. And it's like... Yeah, they probably saw the return on that. It's not worth it to them. Yeah, and like, like I'm sure there's your, you know, your oddball out there that's like, oh yeah, I pick up Battlefield and Call of Duty to play the campaigns. I'm, I'm sure you exist. Yeah. We hear you, buddy. Larry, I like you, man. Yeah. I think you're a great dude. <laughs> but you got to admit that most people are picking up these games for mm-hmm. the multiplayer. Yeah, to play with their friends because it's the annual shooter, right? Right. So why not cut the fat if it's mm-hmm. not getting you somewhere and if it's also holding you back from getting the game out on time and diverting resources where it matters? Yeah, and I think it gives them one less roadmap to have to worry about where it's like, oh, we don't have to keep worrying about pushing out single-player content yeah. past the release. We could do a roadmap for our multiplayer game. Yeah, so. exactly. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not fucked up about that. In fact, I think that's the future for all these fucking shooters, right? Mm. Look, what's more popular right now? Is everyone talking about uh, Call of Duty Cold War's campaign? Mm-hmm. Or are they still fucking going gaga about Warzone? I, could, I couldn't really tell you because I'm still downloading the campaign. Because one, I don't have space. And two, it's a, like 200 gig download. So I'll let you know next November. <laughs> Anyways. Right, what's the next thing? <laughs> well, coming sooner than that download is uh, number two here. We got Overwatch. It's finally getting cross-play support, which is awesome. Cool. About time. Very Five cool. years later. Uh, Blizzard announced that they will be bringing the long-requested cross-platform play to Overwatch, which will enable multiplayer between Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Windows PC, and Xbox One. And then also it'll be coming to like current gen, so PS5 and Xbox Series X as well down the line. Uh, cross-play will be 
enabled by a new upgrade to Battle.net to take part in Overwatch's cross-play feature. Players must have a Battle.net account and link it to their console accounts on PlayStation, Switch, or Xbox. The global update also merges Battle.net friends lists from different territories, with the exception of China. Mm-hmm into a unified list. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blizzard said, quote, so players no longer need to switch regions in Battle.net just to play with buddies on the other side of the planet, end quote. With the addition of crossplay, all Overwatch players will need to set up a Battle.net account or connect to an existing Battle.net account to play at the game, regardless of whether or not they want to take partake in crossplay. Shit. So you're going to make me do it regardless, Aaron Keller. Mm. Fuck. Well, this is cool. Uh, long time coming, honestly, especially with like how a lot of multiplayer, like, platform shooters are going right like everybody's screaming for for crossplay because they want to play with their friends right and i think games like fortnite really broke down the door with that saying like okay cool this is a free game you can play it on switch with your friends on pc with your friends on playstation which is is really great um i think the one stipulation to this was uh they said that for competitive play crossplay will not be enabled so it'll be one of those things that's strictly for just like casual play which is good because you're going to get people on pc dominating with like mouse and keyboard versus mm-hmm, people mm-hmm, playing with like mm-hmm. their dual sense so yeah. yeah so i'm really hung up why not china yeah that's yeah, weird yeah. i looked it up it's going to be its own separate region mm. i think it jives with the fact that china basically has their own internet you know mm. they don't share the same internet as us they don't have access mm. to like literally anything for the rest of the world because they very much control what is what information is parsed out to their people i wonder if this is a similar hmm. circumstance for that like i don't know like it, it immediately stood out where i was like right it's like a blizzard in china yeah it was one of those things where like i slammed yeah. it in the dock and i didn't have a chance to think twice yeah. about it but it's interesting yeah hmm. sorry the, i wonder about these things. no i hey you're doing the good journalism hey, you're man. a fucking game journalist you call dude. me a fucking journal bro? yeah dude pog Call me <laughs> Poggers. So this is cool. I'm excited to see how it's going to evolve the game and then how it's going to carry over to like Overwatch 2 when that comes out. Yeah, so, so. that's a guarantee that part two is crossplay at launch. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. With this. I, wait, is Overwatch 2 coming out on the Switch? That, that can't be a thing, right? That's not doing that. Mm. There's no way. It's a good point. Unless... Switch Pro. <gasps> Switch Pro, what we'll, do you know? We'll find out on Tuesday when the uh, Nintendo conference happens. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Uh, Crossplay. Exciting stuff? Um, Yes-ish, hmm. I guess. I mean, I think it is for us where we have a <laughs> lot of friends who are PC Sherpas, right? And they're like, oh, now I can finally play Overwatch with you. And I'm like, cool. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, the mo- most of the people that I know that play Overwatch play on the PS4. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm just like, oh, wait, yeah, yeah who who do I get in here? <laughs> <laughs> who else? Oh. Nah, there's a few people in the Saving community that want to, like, jump into some yeah. Overwatch stuff. All right, right on. Yeah. Right on. That's cool. I love crossplay, dude. I think that should be a requisite feature for multiplayer games that are, well, on multiple platforms. Yeah. Honestly. Because it always sucks to be like, hey, man, got the new fucking Division game. Yeah, I got it on Games Pass. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I have it on the PS4. Oh, I guess we're not friends anymore, are we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's cool. Good for Overwatch. Right? Cool. Well, that's exciting. Awesome stuff. Uh, I'm going to jump to this next one here. But the China thing just really gets me. <laughs> I, like, what's going on? Especially, there? too, because they had such an ardent support Blizzard as a company right. for Hong Kong, right? So which region is Hong Kong going to be in? Yeah. Hmm. What's going on here? Should we call up uh, Aaron? No, we got to call up Jeff, because I feel like Jeff, at this Jeff point, like he's... Knows removed from blizzard so he could spill the secrets jeff is in his own region yeah <laughs> he's got his own battle net server can't cross play with him anymore <laughs> jeff.battle.net 
Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the dock around here. We're gonna go to yeah, number no. three. Um, this is exciting for players of Returnal. Uh, Housemark dropped its latest 1.4 patch note update for Returnal, and this is gonna really just bring in a lot of like kind of quality of life features, fixes, for save bugs, feature, save feature, trophy fixes. So wait. Oh, oh, um, sorry. I think I repeated save feature, but no, you're not getting that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Housemark. <laughs> so coming June 14th, the 1.4 patch will aim to improve quality of life aspects for gameplay, frame rate issues, bugs, and will also give improved haptic feedback support, audio improvements. And then the big thing here, it's going to have solves for major trophy issues for that platinum hunter in your life. I'm a platinum hunter in my life. I'm a platinum hunter in your life, too. We're all, we're both in my life. Yeah, I think, weird, right? Poggers. We were roommates. <laughs> and they were roommates. Um, yeah, so let me let me talk about that. Sure. I, you got the platinum for Returnal. Good I job did. to you. Thank you. Yeah, that was a, a grind of a platinum, literally, because the thing is, you have to grind for collectibles that are RNG-based, right? And oh, good. it being a roguelike where rooms uh, procedurally generate and collectibles being tied to rooms, you're not always going to get what you need on the same run. Yeah, you may not run into the room that has the specific glyph or yeah. audio file that you need to grab so you mm-hmm. need to either scrap your run or scrap your run actually there's no other there's no other yeah. option you just have to repeat the same fucking area 15 times hoping that one glyph pads out <laughs> your nine out of ten you know yep and Jesus that's christ that's what i did the the weekend after we got our second vaccines where i was like fever struck where like i was just grinding <laughs> the second biome over and over because i needed one glyph and the room wasn't populating and it was so fucking annoying but then when I got it, like the rest was just fucking. It was a cakewalk. But I, I'm sorry. I just think it's funny that you're like you're all fevered out. And you're playing like Returnal. Like you're feeling like Celine. Like, well, where am I? Who's the astronaut? <laughs> am I my mother? Who am I? So yeah, yeah. but for you who's having issues like having like yeah. certain scout I'm, logs, I'm missing like three drop, scout logs. Yeah, you know, and I think you've had a few crashes and stuff here and there. I've had some terrifically bad crashes. Yeah, mm. there was one crash where I got to the six fucking biome, and that that sucker went down, and I was like, I gotta walk away. This yeah. fuck, this fucking sucks. They're also rebalancing the difficulty in the game, by the way. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So it, yeah, because there's like mm. tremendous difficulty spikes between like usually the second and third biomes in each set. Yeah. So and like biome two, three, and then four or five. Four to five has a weird spike where like five is just like flagrantly harder than mm-hmm. four and six for yeah. some reason. Just like stupid hard. Yeah. So I'm excited to go back and actually um not break my dual sense. Good. Yeah. It'd be a great time. Speaking of, aren't you getting a new one? Ah bitch. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, bitch, cosmic red. My fuck cosmic that. red. Yeah. yeah, dude. Fucking these game these journos, mm. by the way, are are getting I guess Sony's sending them the cosmic red, and I'm looking at my fucking my Bezos order and I'm like, yo, where is this shit? Where where is it? It it, it, it said they'll email me. Email me when, man. Mm-hmm. I need my cosmic red. You'll controller. get it, man. It's coming soon. I've also already worn down my dual sense controller. Yeah. Things are a bit like shit. I yeah, I think this first like batch of controllers like is probably gonna be the weakest they're weak yeah mark cerny made something weak but we play hard yeah that's true we yeah. play real like fucking we're hard. always like fucking we're sticking it we're sticking it to their controller i've played like 40 games this year already it's yeah nice. i'm i'm out of my i mind. mean i played 100 hours of returnal alone yeah. so i don't know but yeah i'm excited for this i think it'll help players kind of get through the rest of the game i'm sure they were looking at engagement and seeing that only like a quarter of the people probably got so far and this will just make it easier because I, I I don't doubt they want people to play their game, you know. I'm on the cusp of that trophy. So. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm on the, I'm the cusp of that platinum. So yeah. I'm happy that this news came out. I was hoping they would patch some of the bullshit out. 
Uh, sidebar, and then we'll move on to item four. I Side think um, having trophies, uh, and this is obviously like it's tough right because i'm sure they designed their trophy economy just based off of what was in the game right and they're like okay get all collectibles sure i think having collectible base trophies for 100 completion 100 completion in a game that's procedurally generated fucking sucks yeah it fucking sucks like i think we could have done the solve that other games do like mass effect where it's like okay get the majority of collectibles and you're fine right um just some nicety yeah thrown our way right because like as this is still kind of rivaling for like my game of the year spot but it's the worst platinum i've ever gotten like it yeah. was boring and bland and i kind of hated parts of it yeah super repetitive right? yeah and yeah. i feel like they could have just done other things to make it more interesting like you know get like a hundred kills with like the hollow seeker or like hollow seeker secondary fire get 20 special kills like stuff like that to make it more interesting and vary up the play but you know what do i know i don't know man i'm just saying final fantasy 15 mm -hmm. didn't make you go to pidio's dungeon to get the platinum they knew they're smart but it did make you walk needlessly for 10 hours <laughs> well so. you know you gotta walk before you run Daniel. <laughs> yeah, that's true that's true all right we got a number four on here it's also like sony tied i'm gonna call this the sony stack there's kind of three individual things in here uh we'll start with this kind of header so sony revealed two big updates about two of their most anticipated next gen titles number one is yes. horizon forbidden west will be a ps4 and ps5 game oh which is I think shocking to some, maybe not shocking to others, where they probably could have seen that like this was going to happen, because I think it was mainly developed on the PS4, so mm. they were just like, yeah, it's probably going to happen. But, Interesting. Um, game director, I'm going to fuck this up, Mathij de Jonge has now spoke up saying, Forbidden West will shine on both PS4 and PS5, though the next-gen edition has a number of benefits. Quote, I don't think the cross-generation development was limiting in any way, Mathis told Hardware Zone. When we started with the concept of this game, we had so many great ideas that ended up being included, to the point that we didn't really think about hardware limitations or anything. We just wanted to design a really nice, unique experience for the player. An awesome adventure. End quote. So, um, I mean, this is cool. I like I, really nice games. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like awesome adventures, yeah. you know? So, I mean, this is cool. It'll obviously put it out there for, for more players. Um, I think the main thing, and this is going to bleed, obviously, into the next one uh, for God of War, is that, like, there's still, like, very much a console shortage going on with, like, you know, semiconductor shortages and manufacturing problems, right? So they're probably wanting to just stretch the games as widely across their player base as possible. Well, yeah, let me let me let me put it to you this way. Even if there wasn't mm -hmm. a shortage in parts or PS5s being available, Sony would very likely have made this choice either way. You think so? It's a numbers game. This early in a generation, mm -hmm. you're going to have very few adopters in comparison to your installed base for PlayStation 4 as is, which is, what did I hear last time? Over 100 million of those mm -hmm. fucking units are out there in the wild. Mm -hmm. That's a huge customer yeah. base versus how many for the PS5? About 4.5? I think it was like 7 million, actually. Yeah, it was like 7, 8 million. Yeah, that numbers game... Don't make sense if you understand fractions. <laughs> so, like, of course make your fucking biggest, like, one of your marquee titles mm -hmm. uh, this early into the generation also available for your PS4. We saw a bunch of it with the last generation going from PS3 to PS4. It's going to be no different now. I think um, the idea that it limits development, there's some truth. There's a kernel of truth there, even though this guy is saying, hey, we're not thinking about that. But it's like, you're obviously this early on not 
like harnessing the full power of a PlayStation 5 if you have to think about another console specs while developing it. Sure. Versus Insomniac's Ratchet & Clank, which Mm. is purely PS5 and uses the SSD to give you instance fucking worlds. Mm -hmm. By all accounts, that game's amazing, by the way. Yeah. But yeah, so that's why, like, you can say this, but at the same time, it's like, hmm... There could have been really cool things that the PS5 could only do that you're obviously not not going for. So it's going to be more of like um, visuals and resolution. And that's another word for visuals. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think it's a bad move on their part. I think gamers forget that these businesses are businesses. <laughs> so it's interesting, though, because like I feel like Sony unlike what you said, actually hasn't really done this too often before. Having a a big title like this on both? Um, Yeah, or having it be the thing where it's like, hey, we have our next-gen console that we're supporting, but we're still going to do cross-gen stuff. Obviously, they did it a bunch with, like, second- and third-party stuff. Well, yeah, I would say third-parties are the most likely to do that just because they need to get that money where mm-hmm. sony gets way more of a recoup on games that they develop in-house mm-hmm. of course right that's the deal yeah but yeah yeah i don't like we can't really say it's happened too often with first party games now granted we've had remasters and port stuff right sure. like so we got the last of us part one at the end of the ps3 generation and then we got the remaster that mm-hmm. had like you know all the upgraded specs and the left behind dlc which is different than a cross-gen simultaneous release. Yeah, that was that was so, that was actually a year gap between those titles. Yeah, but Spider-Man, the Miles Morales, mm-hmm. did that very recently, and now they're making the same choice for their other two marquee titles. Mm-hmm. That's who Sony is right now. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's what they're going to do for a while. Yeah. Because it makes sense. I don't blame them. And I see people arguing that like it devalues the the cost and kind of lore of the PS5 doing these kind of cross-gen things where it's like, well, at this point, you don't actually have any PS5 exclusives. Mm. Like, you only have... I hate, like I think there's only, like, really, like, four or five true PS5 exclusives at right, this like point. like Demon Souls. Yeah, Demon Souls, Astro's Playroom, uh, Returnal, Ratchet and & Clank, and then, like, a few other things, I think. But, like, for the most part, yeah, that, that's really it. And I, there's the argument, too, that people are saying it's like, well, to divert the resources to do cross gen it's like you could have added all these specs and haptic things into the the ps5 version to make it so much more elevated it's like i think they're still gonna do it though mm-hmm. is the thing there's still gonna be haptic feedback yeah shit. there's still gonna be those like, implementations be that's there hell games that have been on both consoles have exactly on hell even even fucking upgrades to ps4 games on yeah. ps5 include <laughs> those features so it's like i don't i don't think they're gonna throw that out the window but i do agree in the fact that it's like well they obviously can't like think about making gameplay mechanics based off of the solid state drive because it's also coming on PS4. Mm-hmm. So don't expect like crazy instances yeah. like uh, Ratchet and Clank does. So I get that, but I don't know. It's like literally this console's not a year old. I expect mm-hmm. this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And it, I think it's totally fine. I think it's also like kind of them fostering like kind of a shared ecosystem for their players and like mm-hmm. giving them the chance to play wherever they can at this point because they can't get a PS5, right? And I think there's also, too, like, between the PS4 and PS5, like, there isn't a large gap like there used to be between, like, the, I guess, what, the cell processor of the PS3 and then the hard drive of the PS4. Mm -hmm. It's where you couldn't quite do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So That's true. Very different architecture, yeah. Yeah, completely different. But I'm not an architect, so. You're not? But I can read this next one like a game journalist, so we're going to say part two of this Sony thing is, and this is more devastating to some, that God of War is being delayed to 2022 due to what? Why is that devastating? Oh, because of what we were just talking about, where people feel like it's, one, devaluing the the value of the PS5 to have this cross-gen game, and two, it's a delay. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
but yeah, so God of War is being delayed to 2022 due to cross-gen support. Uh, Sony head honcho Hermanst Holst in an interview posted on the PlayStation blog uh, that... Hold on here. So he said the sequel to 2018's God of War was pushed out to give Sony Santa Monica Studio more time to develop the title. Quote, so we have currently two very big narrative-driven games in development, Horizon, Forbidden West, and the next God of War, and for both of those, they're frankly affected by access to performance, capture, and talent. For Horizon, we think we're on track to release this holiday season, but this isn't quite certain yet, and we're working as hard as we can to confirm that, confirm that to you as soon as we can. And for God of War, the project started a little later. So we made the decision to push that game out to next year to ensure that Sony Santa Monica can deliver the amazing God of War game that we all want to play. And then to kind of like branch off of that, Sony Santa Monica came in and did, you know, a tweet that became news. Quote, they said, we remain focused on delivering a top quality game while maintaining the safety and well-being of our team, creative partners, and families. With this in mind, we've made the decision to shift our release window to 2022. Mm. End quote. Which is noble. It's fine, right? Like, they, sure, they re- announced last year during the Sony presser that God of War was going to be 2021. But when you get to that point where it doesn't become feasible anymore and you're stretching your the- uh, team thin and you're also trying to develop for cross-gen support, like, you need more time, right? Yeah. There's no sense to burn yourself out to fit a game in by holiday. Like, it's just not worth it, I don't think. Yeah, I, I think I understand some of the vitriol because yeah. in the AAA space... A title of this size has never been delayed before. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> I let the bit ride. Pretty sure yeah. it happens to almost every fucking AAA title ever. Shut the fuck up. Why are we crying? Yeah. Do you want a good game or do you want a bad game now? Choose. <laughs> yeah, I think I want good game then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh I think I would prefer a quality product later than shit now. Mm-hmm. Just just to what? Cross off who's who's ticker, right? Mm-hmm. And but that's the implication that I'm starting to understand from some of these gamers that like to jump into people's mentions and act like a bitch. It is very simply No, 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 no. It's not that they understand that trade-off. They want good quality product right now because they want it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a hard man to meet, my mm. dude. Especially in a lot of instances for something you haven't paid for yet. That's true. I yeah. think we just, again, I, I feel like this has been the, the theme of the save room, which is, how about you taper off your expectations somewhere mm-hmm. where you're also not, you know, putting undue pressure on the people that you claim to support and love. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. It sucks. This is fine coming out 2022 we all called it we all called that it wasn't coming out 2021 yeah i mean if we hadn't seen something by now it was inevitable that it was going to get pushed back which is fine because it probably means there's a lot of work that still needs to be done on it we don't even know how far along the project is we haven't seen anything from it uh granted there's already foundational work that 2018's got a war put in place but i'm sure they're still trying to do kratos yeah his son (laughs) beard beard uh a few of the realms that have gone untraveled probably hopefully we'll see and yeah so i it's fundamentally there's still stuff there but it's still like they're they're making a game on next gen hardware and there's so many other moving parts to it and we don't know the scale of the game either we don't know if it's going to be like a mid quill or a full-on sequel yet so i i imagine there's a lot kind of going on with this and even looking at like 2018's God of War, right? Raising Kratos and how just all over the place that development was. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if something similar is happening right now. Game development's hard. And uh, I just finished that book by Jason Schreier, Mm -hmm. uh, Press Reset. And a lot of the anecdotes are basically... 
people in game development saying, I've never worked on a title that shipped on time. Mm-hmm. Damn. The, the head of Devolver actually said that too. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his name? Something Laurie? Nigel Laurie. He said, yeah, I've never worked on a... He's like, we've never published a game that didn't get delayed in some way. There you go. <laughs> like that's and that's we're talking about like small size projects too could you imagine something with the complexity as god of war and you're mm. like oh well we're gonna make it on time guys no you're not gaming is getting harder yeah especially remote and covid and yeah. resourcing and all this other shit like god forbid like you know you have somebody who's like one of your leads on you know the game and they get sick and that rolls everything back it's like well you want that person to get better and like obviously you'll have other people step in but like there's just so much happening now that like it's just not feasible and i'm Mm. sure people are burnt out i feel like we've talked about this a bunch but working from home while a luxury is very draining for a lot of people so i'm sure people Mm -hmm. are burning out more and more and it's just probably slowing things down as well so yeah i don't know i'm not you know i'm not a fly on the wall in a a sony santa monica studio but you know Mm. i am a reasonable person and I hope that they can get this out on a timeline that is reasonable to what they want to do and they don't burn themselves out and they put out the quality they want or the, the product they want at the end of the day. So. I think it'd be really weird if you were a fly. Hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't like that. How did I get there? Who did that to me? Yeah, who did that to you? Yeah. Are you small fly or are you like big fly? Like Brundle fly? Oh, I'm like, I'm Daniel fly. <laughs> Daniel fly! <laughs> uh, listen to Bad Bad Not Good. Oh man, you're like vomiting acid and shit. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Cory Balrog. He's like, oh shit, what the fuck? <laughs> But this is a great idea for an enemy. And then he fucking, like, push, puts me in the game. Yeah, he starts, like, sketching something while running and screaming. <laughs> um, yeah, anything else on this? I, I think it's, uh, you know, just indicative of, like, development, right, and how things go. And uh, just be a reasonable person. Don't, yeah. don't get mad. Uh, don't blame people who work on the game for delaying it either. So Yeah, that's a weird thing. Like, I feel like if you follow games or know games... Mm you should know that this is a part of games, right? I I don't know. Oftentimes I feel like on The Save Room, the greatest video game podcast, we're preaching to the choir. Mm -hmm. Seems like the audiences we attract know this shit. I would love to, maybe not love, love is too strong a board, but I would be interested to talk to somebody that has this mentality that they think it's fucked up that this game is getting delayed and like kind of parse out why Mm -hmm. why (laughs) like i just want to understand what's your problem dude Mm. do do you have fucking stocks in sony like what's going on why are you mad is it just disappointment and the only way that you know how to express yourself is through absolute toxicity yeah vitriol and abhorrent violent language too how about we unspool that and just talk about you know you've got some bigger problems than a game getting delayed my friend like, the, the thing that spawned off that comment, too, that I said, it's, like, people are sending Alana Pierce, who's a narrative writer on the game right now, right, uh, for being the reason it got delayed. And then th- she was getting death threats and, like, sexual assault threats. And it's just, like, yo, guys, what the fuck? Like, hmm. and Corey Barlog had to step in and be, like, no, like, if anybody should be getting blamed for the delay, it is me. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, and it's, I don't know. At the end of the day, like... It's a video game. Why do we have to say this like once a year? It's also that, right? Once a, once a week, once in everything. Like, yeah, we're not talking about a healthcare plan here, right? Yeah. We're not talking about something that like, you know, like a heart transplant, my dog. Oh, just a fucking video game. Talking about the sad dad with an axe with his son. <laughs> like, that's not that's yeah. not something to fucking send death threats over. No, a video game comes out every minute these days. Yeah. Go play something else. Yeah, there's too many games. We, are, we have too many, too many games to talk about. We're stuck on... No, no. Yeah. Let's do this. So last thing here uh, to end this off before we get into Jeff's mind is, uh, so Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart came out on Friday. 
uh, had really large response. Yep. Everybody's loving it. Nines and tens across the board. Insomniac devs actually took to Twitter saying that they did not crunch at all working on the game and they managed to release the game with 40 hour work weeks worked. Big if that's true. Awesome. Yeah, big if true. <laughs> and I'm sure that's true for like people sure. maybe majorly. Like, oh, gosh, I says. Maybe on average it's true for the, the devs that work on that, but I feel like there's still a few people here and there that maybe worked like 50, 60 hour weeks on this game. Maybe. But, you know, the fact that they feel comfortable enough to come out and say like, hey, like we worked 40 hour weeks and it was totally cool and we got this quality product out. Awesome. I hope it's true. Yeah. Until okay. Jason Trier fucking comes out with a fucking wrench and he's like, <laughs> insomniac, I'm getting to the core of you. What's, what's actually true? <laughs> that clank you hear is, uh, is, is crunch. Is crunch. That's the cr- Ratchet and crunch, actually. <laughs> Oh my god so yeah pretty cool i yeah. am excited to pick that up at some point i have a backlog i'm working through so it'll so, be like a few weeks yeah me, me too like so. I, I need to put that off because i got too many fucking like integrate and mm. i started playing final fantasy 14 you're, again you're playing dmc5 dmc5 I'm, I'm apparently halfway through that game Jeez. i played way too much last night by the way <laughs> but um i do want to say i want to be Ernest kevin right now um Ernest goes to kevin um i think this is important for industry leaders such as insomniac to come out and say these things it may seem like one of those like oh okay good for you and then move on thing right Mm -hmm. but it's important because it means that the conversations worked Mm -hmm. could you imagine 10 years ago like a fucking studio like activision going like oh yeah we didn't crunch on modern warfare 2 fuck Mm -hmm. what (laughs) like no 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 publisher would say anything Mm -hmm. like that no studio would come out and say shit like that i love that they they get the opportunity to be like hey man you know we made a great fucking game and you can too without your sparkling crunch, you know? <laughs> and I think um, having a, a studio like Insomniac come out that, that is known to be a AAA machine and mm-hmm. make that statement has a bit of more power than you may think. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope it's it's getting people in the industry talking at least, mm-hmm. you know? Companies like BioWare and shit start thinking about, hey, and Ubisoft, of course, thinking, hey, maybe this is feasible. Maybe we need to change our production workflows. Yeah. Maybe just maybe we should start valuing the people that make these money makers mm-hmm. thank you insomnia yeah because you couldn't do it without them uh-huh now i don't know if we could say the same about like the spider-man games and other insomniac titles but like you also know. crunch yeah oh yeah Sp- <laughs> fucking spider-man 2018 they crunched yeah. to the bone probably right now i hope neil Druckmann's having a, a moment <laughs> that's all i want to say <laughs> so but yep kudos to you insomniac and great job on ratchet and clank looks fun so do you want to move into like kind of the main event now jeff Keeley has birthed unto this earth nothing but pure unadulterated stinky hype Wow. <laughs> He's got that dank summer hype. He brought us a kickoff of all kickoffs. Mm-hmm. The Summer Game Fest happened on Thursday, and my god, did it give me and all of the gamers exactly what we have been shouting for. Evil Dead the Game. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Okay. And that's it. Close laptop. Boom. We're done. done. Fuck the rest of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, Summer Game Fest kicked off 2021. I guess he's doing more events like this, mm-hmm. like throughout, but it was like a two hour extravaganza, mm-hmm. which was also bookended with Day of the Devs doing mm-hmm. a virtual thing. Very cool. Uh, which was super cool, actually. In fact, there was a lot more exciting announcements there, in my opinion, or at least the way that they announced them were just really exciting and cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the thing about like Jeff Keighley's events and like, Granted, like, I'll give it to him. The production on it was, like, really cool. The stage was great. Like, I think the way he came together with all these, like, partnerships and companies to make this happen was awesome. 
but there's just some awkward moments, like awkward interviews and things here and there. And like, there were like a lot of really cool announcements, but uh, yeah, Dave to devs and kind of like a silo seemed like it just was more impressive in some of its approach. Yeah. I don't want to exactly. I, yeah, not, I don't know. It's weird. It felt just a little more, um, God, I'm going to use the word again. Earnest felt earnest in comparison to Jeff Keighley seems to be the ringleader for these big kind of, it's a fucking commercial. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say. It's a big video game commercial. Yeah. That's not to say it's not a fun commercial to watch, but that's what it is. And so a lot of it doesn't feel as organic as, you know, it can be, but Mm -hmm. how could anything that's a marketing demo reel be? Yeah. (laughs) You know? And something that's nearly two hours long, like it pacing is always at the core of the problem, right? Much like the game awards where it's like, ah, well, the bookends are cool. There's a lot of sag in the middle. And I feel like right. that's how some of this was, too. Yeah, for sure. And then there was, like, awkward, like, you could even tell Jeff is just, like, on autopilot for shit that he doesn't give a fuck about. <laughs> you know, like, here comes Fast and Furious skins for Rocket League again. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yep. And then, like, here's Japanese breakfast. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> and my favorite band, Weezer. Let's go, Weezer. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> like, oh, although that was a lame fucking song. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've been a Weezer fan for a very long time, and their songs haven't impressed me in like at least a decade. So yeah, that's uh, well, that's, yeah. but you but know. that song was about sticking it to Pitchfork and the man. Okay, that song was copyright free, and it was for the people. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'll give them that. Yeah. <laughs> but they they work diligently to make sure that Twitch streamers yeah. don't get a, a fucking DMCA over yeah. a song that's lame dicked anyway. <laughs> I love seeing Japanese breakfast too, though. Like just like oh, especially because like she just put out an album like this week called Jubilee, and it's like really great. So. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Okay, I need to check that out. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I've been listening to Inside on repeat by uh, Bo Burnham. Yes. Yeah. We haven't gotten to talk about that on air yet, but that's been our latest obsession. We should just make, like, a podcast about that, yeah. like, itself. Yeah. Honestly. If you guys haven't seen Bo Burnham's new special, Inside, on Netflix, go check it out. Do and it. then the album's on Spotify now. And it's, like, it's still great to hear the songs, like, knowing the context. But I think as a whole special, the creativity and the combination of all the yeah. elements together are just so moving. Yeah, so. we need that for video games. Yeah. I don't know how. And uh, I don't even know if that sentence makes sense. It's called Death Stranding Director's Cut. <laughs> oh! So, let's, we're not going to run through everything because it was a two-hour thing. But I mm. want to talk about the standouts. Sure. Let's not bury the fucking lead. Let's get to the conversation that the kids want. <sighs> Elden Ring. Fuck yes. That's it. Elden That's Ring. It. Yeah, Elden, Elden yeah. Ring's coming out January <laughs> January 21st, 2022. <laughs> A week before my birthday, on Chelsea's birthday. So yeah. hype. So exciting. This game appropriately looks like the culmination of all of From Software's history into one title. Yeah. It's... Like it really was fucking hype as hell, and yeah. I hate I hate saying hype. I don't like that. Yeah, you're not like the Tim Gettys hype man. No, I'm not like oh, it's got to be hype. <laughs> like no, no, I don't give a shit, dude. Like fucking, it's all marketing, right? I hate yeah. being sold to, right? Sure. I want things to organically sell to me, which is weird. That let's not talk, let's not get in my head, okay? Let me ask you. Yeah. What struck you most about this this gameplay cinematic reveal trailer because it had everything well one it's gorgeous yeah. it's beautiful design is amazing it's uh so some of the details that we have the game is that it is a persistent open world rather than being segmented like some of the other games yeah it just like naturally all folds into one you're riding on a horseback the world is so big there even seems to be a little bit of combat on horseback mm-hmm. which is really cool and your horse can also run 90 degrees up a cliff 
Which was insane, yeah. by the way. <laughs> but the really striking thing is that it looks like the combat isn't just like a one-for-one for, one for Dark Souls, despite the dark fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. It looks like it has some Sekiro like, yeah. influence. In terms of like the verticality and some of the stuff. The character doing. was jumping around, dude. I'm just like, wait a second here. Like, I, I fucking like, had to take off my glasses and mm-hmm. then put them back on because I can't see without them. But it was really cool. Like, really cool, dude. What was your takeaway from this? Uh, literally everything, like seeing the character animation, seeing the, the bosses and just the world, like there's been a lot of criticism too about this game just being quote in open world dark souls, but what the fuck, man? Like, don't you want that? Like, don't you want that big banging experience? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Who doesn't want this? I think the dark fantasy setting looks really cool. Um, some of the boss encounters and fights look like they're going to be so fucking like intense, my, my thing about the game, though, and this has been a conversation that's come up a lot, is that, like, we always talk about, like, the difficult game, right? The get good games, the FromSoft games, and accessibility, right? And a lot of people are saying, like, this looks amazing, but I don't think I'm going to be able to play it. Because from software traditionally, like, just doesn't have a suite of accessibility features. Yeah, and it doesn't I, ever seem to be a priority for yeah. them. Yeah, and hmm. I hope we get something with this. Yeah, you know? I hope this is the one that kind of... Yeah, like definitely breaks the mold and says, no, we're going to have a ton of accessibility options. Mm-hmm. And God damn it, God damn it, would I love for them to be like, all right, you can change difficulty if you'd like. Mm-hmm. That would start an internet war. Oh, yeah. The one that I want, because I think it's the one that's finally going to be able to flush out the internet. Mm-hmm. To have Miyazaki betray the get-gooders, <laughs> that's Christmas for me all year. <laughs> I, I want it. They're going to try and dox Miyazaki, but they're never going to be able to find him because like, he only operates by like soapstones. <laughs> they really, can't summon him. Yeah, like, Where the fuck is this guy? Nobody knows the password to summon him. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, there looks like there's summoning in this game as well. So yeah, there looks co-op. like there's like co-op and PvP stuff, and like I wasn't expecting that either. After Sekiro, it's like, it was kind of a question, like, are they going to go back to that or not, right? Mm-hmm. I hope the implementation of it is not as, um, how do you say, convoluted as some of the Dark Souls games. Mm-hmm. I know some people are like, no, it totally makes sense. I'm like, no, no, you're fucking wrong. That's completely wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, look at any game where I can press start and be like, join co-op. Done. Mm-hmm. That's what I want from this fucking game, okay? Yeah, literally nothing <laughs> about any of the Dark Souls co-op features makes sense. Never. Never. You have to, like, have Sorry. these weird, like, the, part two has a weird soul system that mm-hmm. you can only accrue a, a certain amount of souls and be yeah. in the same fucking, like, threshold like, of souls Like, I have to be in your soul else. range. Like, we have to be soul range mates? Yeah. Are you, are We're already you, roommates. What else do you want? Like, what, what what the hell is wrong with just, like, walking up to a fucking gravestone and being, like, co-op, and or, then you're done? Or Demon Souls, right, where we were co-oping it together, and there was, like, no, like, level cap between, like, players. As long as you set a password, you could play with somebody, yeah, it was and great. they capped it out. And like, then they patched it, and it was just like, <laughs> what is wrong with you people? Yeah. Because, again, it's the design theory that co-op is a resource in mm-hmm. those games, sure. not a feature. Mm. Do away with that. I'm, I'm honest. Do away with that. Because I think that does hurt accessibility for some people. Where mm-hmm. it's like, hey, I want to play with my friends. Or I, I, I want to rely on my friends. But, oh, I don't have enough of some arbitrary fucking like, resource in the environment. Yeah. I get it that you're like, well, that's intrinsically Dark Souls and stuff. Who gives a shit? This is Elden Ring, bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's something completely new. It's a hybrid game. Yeah. Elden Ring could be what it yeah. wants to be, man. And what's amazing is like this game was announced like two years ago, right? And we hadn't really seen anything of it since. No. And like what we saw in that four minute trailer was just like it was a powerhouse trailer. Like I loved everything I saw of it. I got chills. I got fucking kind of a contact high watching it. Yeah. Uh and then that big mommy, that big like berserk night mommy. Oh my ooh, god, ooh, I want her to stab ooh. me in the sternum. Oh yeah. So this, yeah, I'm I'm very uh, I'm excited for this one. This is hype. Do you think it gets delayed at all, though? Um, <laughs> like, there's 
listen yeah <laughs> like because it was ballsy to put a release date on it uh yeah it feels like that uh, these days huh um yeah there's always a chance man there's always a chance if it does get delayed i don't expect it to turn into this huge like oh sorry it's coming out in fall mm-hmm. of 2022 it, if anything it would either be weeks or a couple of months yeah if, that, if that's the case um from the well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know for sure. But looking from the footage that they showed, it looks like a lot of it's like congealing in the right way. Sure. Whereas, let's say, for instance, you look at something like Wonderlands, which is also early 2022 mm-hmm. by Gearbox. They had no gameplay to show you because mm-hmm. it's not ready to show you yeah. anything. Right. So, like, yeah, I, I think maybe they're a little more comfortable. I would feel more, um, I guess, confident in the release date if they actually showed straight up gameplay. Mm-hmm. And be like, here, here, let's walk through this. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, I don't probably who cares <laughs> right? again yeah it doesn't really matter i would recommend um not taking days off like this far in advance mm-hmm. i'd probably wait maybe yeah. like a month before <laughs> yeah just really feel it out like, <laughs> yeah and that's speaking to the cyberpunk crowd who took days off and yeah, screamed about I, do you it. remember that i, I saw that online yeah. where people were just like what the fuck i took I a t- whole week off for this and then you delayed it yeah what the Huh? I fucking pushed my wedding for this game. Yeah, I told my my wife to delay having our kid so I, I could play this. I took out a second mortgage. What does that have to do with Cyber? I did it for the game. I just did it. Um, and then the thing about this too, it's like so it's gonna be this gen and last gen, so PS5, PS4, Xbox. Oh, it's gonna suck then. It's yeah. gonna be garbage. <laughs> it's gonna be terrible now. Yeah. How dare they? You want to talk about the next big thing though, Wonderlands? I do. So this was kind of like, I guess, leaked and rumored that there was going to be like a new uh, Gearbox IP title in the works. We weren't sure what it was going to be, if it was going to be a brand new thing. But then they came out with uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which Mm -hmm. is kind of like a playoff of uh, what they did for Borderlands 2. That expansion that was like a Dungeons and Dragons fantasy thing. Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon's Keep. Nailed it. Yeah. Which I loved. Yeah, that I, was an amazing experience. I really enjoyed it. That that's actually like one of the benchmarks for good DLC in games, which is use the core mechanics of a game, but give you something that obviously isn't a part of the main game, mm-hmm. right? Um, whereas like Intergrade is like, oh, it's cool, but it feels exactly like the main game. Yeah, Tiny Tina's DLC was just like, yo, this really is something else. This is really cool. So it's mm-hmm. it's cool to see them expand on that idea. Obviously, it's a breadwinner. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I love. Ashley Birch. Yeah. I love when she came out on stage, by the way. She's got pepper in her hair. She's Saw had that. gray hair for like the last five years and has looked amazing. I like, love that she's like, she coming out on stage going like, hey, here's my pepper hair. Yeah. This is what's up. Yeah. Man, I'm rocking it. I love it. It makes me feel a little more comfortable with the fact mm-hmm. that I, I'm noticing these gray boys yeah. come. Do you want to go gray? I could go gray yeah. if it makes me look good. Yeah. 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 I would hope to look as good as Ashley Birch. <laughs> no, yeah. we'll never look as good as she does. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. So we don't really know too much else about it, really, in terms of like gameplay. I oh mean, well, thank God for the Gearbox event that happened today, <laughs> yeah. where we saw um, stills. Well, we saw the <laughs> same thing again. They showed the trailer. Oh, that's right. They showed Butt, Stall- Butt Stallion, and then they cool. were also like, "Hey, we got an all-star voice cast. We got Wanda Sykes. We got Will Arnett and Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg. Cool. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, I'm not mad." cool you're getting some funny people doing funny things i'm mad about it um it it seems like they're actually trying to add humor to these games for once Mm -hmm. uh which is the first yeah (laughs) (laughs) we did the thing where like so there was a bit throughout the borderlands conference where they were talking about like borderlands is two-year comedy degree program and they were listing off these jokes and like we didn't laugh at all we're like god 
Borderlands Gearbox, they're so bad at jokes. And then they did this really, like, kind of, like, it was yeah. a clip of, like, a, something that happened in Borderlands. It's really just kind of, like, it's bottom-of-the-barrel humor, but it made us We both chuckled, and it was just like, okay, all right, let's, yeah. let, you know, the funny thing is, we can be out here trying to be the cool kids going, like, Borderlands is unfunny. And for the most part, it is. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, mm, I'll still buy the next one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, big thing about this, though, it's a standalone game, not a spin-off, and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I hope it has its own, uh, its own mechanics. I even mentioned that there's probably going to be, like, sword combat and stuff mm. in the game, and I'm like, cool, that fits the, the theme. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I mean, use what people aren't using in Godfall. Make it a loot and slasher, you know? You know, you know what I said earlier mm. that I didn't want to bury the lead and go to Elden Ring? Mm. I bury the lead. The real lead is Death Stranding Director's Cut. Oh, my God. Uh, coming out for PS5. Someday, mm-hmm. thank you for no release date on that. Uh, our boy Jeff got his number one man crush <laughs> on yeah. on a video conference call. Hideo Kojima himself, mm-hmm. uh, the creator, mm-hmm. and Kojima was talking about how he's probably going to rethink his ideas for games to mm-hmm. be a little less prescient because mm-hmm. he was just like. First of all, it was kind of weird, right? Because, like, Jeff Keighley was like, hey, what's going on, Kojima? How's it going over there for you in Japan? Mm-hmm. And the first thing Kojima says, well, we're in a state of emergency. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, yeah, oh, Because of God. COVID and everything. And, like. Yeah. He's like, we're having a slow rollout for vaccines and yeah. stuff. And I'm just like, oh, damn. Like, I actually have, I don't know enough about what's going on in Japan right now. Mm-hmm. Right? We've all been inside mm-hmm. <laughs> for the most part. Um, but, yeah, I hope, I hope that, like, kind of that vac- vaccinations ramp up over there because obviously that, that's impacting everything going on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was kind of like a weird, like it started as a lighthearted conversation. Then my dude was like, sorry about death stranding, like predicting COVID yeah. my bad, you know? Yeah. And then he, he dropped nine 11 twice in the same interview. Yes, he did. Where, Which is not uncommon for him. <laughs> no, where he was just talking about like just being a creator and like kind of living in this like post nine 11 world as a creator and the art that like is kind of spawned off of it. Yeah. Didn't they have to change metal gear solid two because it had the twin towers in the game? Yeah. And I think like, I don't know if like you crash a metal gear into it or something happens, something wild, happens. something crashes into one of the towers and they took it out. So I'm going to look up metal gear solid and nine 11, but it's one of those, it'll get flagged by the FBI for this. (laughs) But yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, Jeff is trying to have this really, really fun interview and dig for information about what's coming next from Kojima. And Kojima's just like, it's pretty rough. (laughs) You're being a creator and, and living in this time. So yeah, they changed up the ending. I, I don't quite know what the content was, but they definitely did change okay. the, uh, the ending. So he was, like, referencing that. But um, cute little trailer for Death Stranding. Yeah. In that we got some cool little references to Solid Snake, mm-hmm. uh, Kojima's most famous creation. Mm-hmm. There was a um, box and oranges. Uh, yeah, you know, because the box mechanic, you can hide in boxes and metal gear. Yeah. You know what's funny about Death Stranding having a director's cut? Mm. It doesn't feel like a game that cut any content. No, it feels like it was all there in surplus. It took me 130 hours to platinum that game. I don't really understand what else there could be, but I am nonetheless excited about it. And I also, (laughs) I'm excited to play on PS5. I I will replay that game. I love Death Stranding. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite Kojima game. It is. Yeah, I would say the same, but I mean, I've got further in that than any other Kojima game. Yeah, like, Sons of Liberty was fine. Guns of Patriot was, mm. and then yeah. I haven't played five at all. Which you should. It seems fun. You should, Doug. Yeah, because that's like my. Oh man, it's neck and neck with Death Stranding for me. I think Death Stranding is like just more original of an idea that like elicited kind of like feelings from me. Uh, but Phantom Pain is topsies. 
I think, yeah, Death Stranding was just such a unique concept that really hadn't been touched before, and I was just in love with, like, the ideas at play there. Yeah. Like, a walking simulator in this post-apocalyptic world, and, like, just the kind of narrative that was weaved throughout it was really cool. Some of the writing's on the nose. I don't think, like, is always as clever as he thinks he is, but, no. like, when he tries to, like, hone in on, like, a, like, kind of a, a commentary on stuff, I think he lands it, mm-hmm. and he's a little prescient, like he said. You know, he predicted things Scarily that Scarily prescient. Yeah. yeah. It makes me wonder what the next fucking game he wants to play with is gonna be, mm. right? God. I'm afraid. <laughs> so a lot of people are saying with like the Metal Gear Solid reference in it that it's like, ooh, what is what does this mean for Kojima and, and Metal Gear? Yeah, it's like it means nothing. Like you I, know. I could straight up answer that for you. It means nothing. It's just the guy making a nod to his history yeah. and the thing that fans go gaga over. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it. That's it. He, yeah, he's good at fanfare. Yeah, it, I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible, but there's a lot of bad blood between Konami and and Kojima. Mm-hmm. I don't think as a creator he would ever like get in bed with them without having some sort of asserting control of like, here's how the next Metal Gear is going to go and you're not going to tell me how it goes. Yeah, exactly. And if he can't do that, he's probably going to say no. So Mm. I would do the same thing. (laughs) I'd be like, I fucking, I gave you like 25 years of my life on this franchise. Peace. Yeah, right. You know? Uh, Oh, another thing, speaking of Metal, Mm -hmm. uh, Metal Slug Tactics is announced. It's a new take on the franchise. I love the old arcade shmups uh, Metal Slug. Like the run and gun style. Yeah, yeah. Cool games. Great art. Mm -hmm. Um, This one was cool. Had little little animations in between the gameplay and Mm -hmm. the... The art design looks fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, miss me with tactics games. Yeah. Sorry. Not, not really our style. I thought it was more so... You you love Final Fantasy Tactics, at least, Yeah, I like right? Final Fantasy Tactics. And yeah, I like but overall, like, no. A few other things, but it's not my go-to genre, unfortunately. Hmm. Like, even playing the Fort Condor minigame and, like, you know, Final Fantasy VII, I'm like, this is, so, like, a light, light tactics sort of, like, sub-side quest game. and But for the most part, like, now my go-to genre... Is usually like action adventure, so hmm. yeah. But hmm. it looks gorgeous, looks really really cool, and I'm glad to see that like Metal Gear or sorry that Metal Slug is still getting kind of like more life into that franchise because people love it. So so I'm gonna I'm gonna go in priority here. Mm-hmm. The smaller event is that we're getting a Jurassic World Evolution two. Mm-hmm. The bigger event was that Jeff Goldblum spoke in front of the gamers using gamer speak, <laughs> and it was really awkward and weird. But it was amazing because Jeff Goldblum gesticulating is my favorite thing on earth. Like, he was just like, oh, the hands were doing nuts. He yeah. was pointing. He was going like, here, oh, immersive. Oh. <laughs> it was nuts. I loved it. it. He felt like he was this character from Thor Ragnarok. Like, yes. I'm just, I'm just like, and it made me wonder in that moment. I'm like, is Jeff Goldblum of this world? Is he human? No, he definitely isn't. Yeah. He definitely isn't. No. I, so it was fun. It was a little awkward at times, I think. <laughs> well, it but, spoke to the rest of the show, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it was fun to have him, right? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I have no words on Jurassic World Evolution. Again, mm-hmm. I'm truly holding out for... I would love an action-adventure game set in the Jurassic Park mythos, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it feels like we haven't been able to do anything beyond park simulators with this franchise or arcade shooters yeah. at Dave & Buster's. Give me, like, a full-fledged fucking, like, I'm stuck in the park, let me figure out how to get around dinosaurs and whatnot, or trap mm-hmm. dinosaurs, or maybe even beat them up with my, my fists, <laughs> you yeah. know? Give me something fun. But by all accounts, Evolution's a good game. Proud of you guys yeah, for pe- enjoying it. People really enjoy it, so... Um, we got Korean MMO Lost Ark, which is heading to the West in fall 2021. Uh, it's super popular in Korea, apparently. I've never heard of it. Sable got a release date, uh, September 23rd, 2021. hell is Sable? I have no idea, but more info was revealed at Tribeca's Game Festival. 
Uh, now this is all from IGN, by the way, yeah. that we're reading. Uh, something that I could understand was Among Us <laughs> is getting a new hide-and-seek mode. I I love among us and just like just how they put themselves out there as a game in a studio uh and like i think their their road mapping and stuff is always like super transparent and cool and then obviously like victoria tran like being their kind of like social media manager is just always like just propping up the ip and just kind of being super engaging with the community and it's fucking awesome yeah um and just knowing how like big of a presence among us had at the game awards i knew they were gonna be here sure yeah, yeah 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 that's cool super cool even cooler though Salt and Sacrifice, the sequel to Ska Studios' Salt and Sanctuary. Ah, the Salt franchise. Is coming in 2022, so. Gotcha. You think we, should we get down on that? You you played a bit of uh, Salt and Sanctuary, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you liked it, I think. I did, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's kind of like a, like a Souls-like kind of 2D side-scroller with like, you know, RPG elements and like that same, like, you gotta triumph and travail over really hard boss fights. Yeah, for sure. Um, one of my favorite things was I watch a, a Games Done Quick for actually maybe it was that it was something for ign actually i don't know if that's who does games done quick but it was game devs react to uh people speed running it and somebody speed ran the game in under like 20 minutes and the way they broke it was just like really upsetting the devs <laughs> really yeah just the way they were exploiting some of the stuff and that's they were like yeah fun. we later patched this out but oh come on yeah. what what that feels like you're being salty. Yeah. <laughs> well, they won't sacrifice it, is the thing. So, okay. yeah, it was a bad one. But, so, same animation style, same music, same atmosphere. But co-op. And, and co-op, yeah, it looks really dope. We should play it in stream. So, we should. That. should It'd be fun. So, what's the next thing on here for Two you? Point Campus, don't know what the fuck that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Escape from Tarkov, uh, who cares? Uh, okay, this is bewildering. A Stranger Things collaboration with Smite. Yeah. I now, this it. stinks of, like, Smite going, like, what's going to be our thing? Like, you know, we got Fortnite out here. They got fucking Travis Barker and, and fucking John Wick in there. And we, Rick and Morty. Like, what what IP makes sense with us? And somebody was just like, literally nothing. Like, it's like, you guys have, like, like Greek gods. You can't do much. We can't get Kratos in this shit. I'm sorry. That money doesn't make sense. Uh, I know somebody from Netflix. Mm-hmm. And then there you go. I'm surprised that this isn't a collaboration with Orange is the New Black. <laughs> it could have been anything. Ah, uh, yes, Weeds is coming to Smite. Like, what? Yeah, exactly. Where it's like, we get Stranger Things collaborations in places that make sense, right? Dead by Daylight made sense. <laughs> makes a this lot of sense. does not. I don't understand this. 2B coming to uh, Fall Guys. Yeah. You know, it doesn't always make sense, but at least it's fun. This doesn't make sense. Ninja Turtles coming right. to Brawlhalla makes sense. This doesn't. I Like, again, we're <laughs> running through a list of, like, do, do these brands, are they cohesive yeah. with each other in some way? Fortnite gets away with it because they kind of do the Funko Pop to everything. Yeah, And exactly. the base game isn't doesn't really have, like enough of an obtrusive lore for it to not make no. sense that it's a weird multi-universe yeah it's like crossover. this weird nexus world yeah like it's set up for that right <laughs> like this this doesn't feel set up it's like fucking um how would you say it's like uh oh hang on i got a good one for you in my brain oh, i sure. need to pull it out of me yeah let me get that oh we're pulling it it's like mulan coming the godfall <laughs> You could said Mulan coming to Among Us, but yeah, Godfall makes sense too. Good stuff. Well, yeah. I don't play Smite, but uh, no one does. It's fine. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, we got wait, 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 wait. 
Oh, yeah. There was a game called Anacrusis mm-hmm. that looked like it was made by, like, two people, <laughs> not even in the same room. I don't mean... I, I'm being an ass, but, like, <laughs> like the game didn't look like it was ready enough to show off in yeah. any capacity, but nonetheless, here's a trailer, so I'm just like, okay, cool. Um, it, honestly, it felt like something that should have been a Day of the Devs, mm, rather than, like, okay. in-between fucking AAA announcements, yeah. but whatever. Um, Koch Media confused everyone. They can fuck off. Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt. Also confusing motherfuckers out there in the <laughs> world because we completely, basically soft canceled Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. <laughs> but now we're getting a battle royale based on a tabletop RPG. Video games make no sense anymore. <laughs> I take it back, Smite. You can have the whole Stranger Things cast in your fucking game now. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. I hate this world. I'm dying on the inside. <laughs> oh, but Tales of uh, just, uh, Rise Just the great. fact that, you know, Battlefield 2042 won't have a battle royale, but Vampire the Masquerade <laughs> will just makes no sense to me. And apparently, here's the best part. By, by um, some of the preview builds that people have been playing in games media, mm-hmm. it's good. <laughs> well, great. I'm excited. It's good. Oh my god. Uh, so Tales anyway, of Arise. I'm actually really stoked for Tales of Arise. I've mm-hmm. I've only played Berseria and I was really taken with it. I mm-hmm. need to finish that bitch. Um I know friend of the show, actually fucking Friends. might as well call her like producer, executive producer of the show, Chelsea Heckabad. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I gave her a title. Okay. I mean, she's welcome to, to be a producer. She's a producer now. Okay. Um, <laughs> she's given great advice. Yeah. Uh, Tales is a series that she holds near and dear. Mm-hmm. She's super excited for this. I think this looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the graphics look great. PS5 coming out. Like, seeing seeing next gen with this, like, mix of anime style, yeah. like, bolsters it more it's where it's like, really oh. really great. It looks actually animated in some shots, yeah. so it's, it's really cool. Because like so. the Tales games are very much like stylistic, like they don't push for like the Naughty Dog mocapping. We're gonna make hyper realism. It's like no, it's more beauty through stylism. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any uh, pulse on? I know you've never played Tales, but any interest perhaps? Uh, I mean, yeah, the interest has always been there, and after seeing this trailer it uh, arose a little bit i have a little bit of a interest in it yeah but i I don't know it's one of those things where it's like it feels like a backlog game for me less of a day one yeah that's right Um, but yeah it it looks super impressive the gameplay looks cool the character looks cool it comes out the same month as lost judgment oh yeah so like yeah yeah lost judgment's gonna take like priority for me but like i definitely am super interested in tales um with this game though there's been that controversy of like north american release art versus japanese cover release art it's really funny to see people get mad about north american takes on game art (laughs) i mean yeah it does look stupid comparatively like it's just like eh, it's just there it's just the, yeah it's pretty generic it doesn't look like god awful mm-hmm. like i've seen some really bad north american covers and i'm just like hey, yeah they're a little different but i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah i saw the comparison it's not yeah. fun speaking of comparing things mm-hmm. um overwatch 2 mr aaron keller came on the stage and was like look at our new baptiste and sombra redesigns mm-hmm. and it didn't look different <laughs> yeah for me i was like yeah it looks kind of the same <laughs> yeah it looks like those two characters dog um with like kind of slight tweaks to the the character models like well, funny the funny thing is like he came on stage he was actually on stage right mm-hmm. was yeah. not the one and he was like well as you may know we're going 5v5 as if like <laughs> yeah. further cement that death threat should be sent to blizzard <laughs> it's like oh come on don't draw attention to yeah. it <laughs> but um yeah i i love these like hey just as a reminder, <laughs> we're fucking changing the composition of this game totally. 
I wish he came out on stage and was like, hey, we, we listened to the feedback. You're right. We're going 7v7 with the next game. <laughs> we actually added two players. We yeah. want people to have work. Yeah, the composition's actually four tanks. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, we heard you. We heard you guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I've always loved the character models in these games. And, like, you know, obviously it's just, like, the little details and tweaks, it just shows that how much this game is a labor of love to people and how much they love these characters. So, yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm just saying it's, it's kind of funny to be like, hey, we're going to go to, like, this eyes-on event and show you, like, moderately updated designs. It's not even like Mortal Kombat, dog, where it's like they make big changes to the characters like each game. Yeah. It was like, oh, here, here's some more details on his coat. Yeah, cool. I feel like we're going to get drip-fed Overwatch 2 updates until it comes out. And it's just like, I feel like you could have shown anything else. Like, yeah, it's cool to like see these character models of beloved characters, but like, I, I don't know. It really didn't need to be there. I wish Jeff looked at him and he was like, wow, that that's amazing, Aaron. Thank you for coming out here. Yeah. Why does China have its own region? <laughs> what's with the China Battle.net server? What, what's going on here? <laughs> so um, th- apparently this is a show. Actually, you talk about this one. Tell me about Planet of Lana. Well, according to IGN, it's a beautiful off-Earth odyssey. That's actually the subtitle for, yeah. the, for the game. Yeah, <laughs> so cool. it's, um, I don't know, it looks like a gorgeous little like indie game. It has a, a very stylistic hand-painted art style about it. Uh, it's kind of got some top-down side-scrolling platforming elements, and it just looks really, really cool. Um, I'm going to click on this this thing real quick and give it a bit more here. Um, so Planet of Lana is a hand-painted puzzle adventure. It is a new title from developer Wishfully Studios uh, in partnership with Thunderful Publishing. Great names, by yeah. the way. It's a cinematic puzzle adventure with visuals that evoke hand-painted vistas. Planet of Lana is set on an alien planet. Players will take who else? Lana and her animal companion Moy as they explore the strange planet to find Lana's sister. Be careful as there are mysterious creatures and machines roaming Lana's planet. Uh, it's just got puzzles, style sequences, companion obstacles, and it just like looks like that sort of like indie game that would just like really, really like hit home with me. Like I think like of games like um, I mean it's more of like a like a double A kind of indie game, but mm. um, the Pathless where I'm like, mm. yeah, this is a really stylistic, really cool, unique world, and like just seeing like. There's, like, a scene where, like, you see something like a fucking, like, Death Star in the background. It looks like there are Reapers coming to the planet. Like, there's some sort of invasion happening. Something cool is happening. But, yeah, yeah, it looks looks really dope. That was definitely, like, one of the the top five standouts for me uh, during the showcase, so. Right on, right on. Really, really neat. Actually, um, what was that game last year where you were on a bicycle? Like, the main character is on a bicycle and really cool art design to it as well. Fucking what was that? Because like I wanted like an update on that game. Was that a Sony game? I don't think it was a Sony game, but it was at it was at the um either Game Awards or or something else that Jeff is responsible for. But not one of his crimes. You know, his gamer crimes. His gamer crimes. Yeah. I looked up a uh, Sony bicycle game and it came up with Riders Republic. <laughs> okay. Well, I wanna die. <laughs> Hold on a second. Although I've never seen a game do first-person bicycle riding like Riders Republic, and that that's kind of interesting to me. Mm, okay, so it was Season. Season. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a third-person atmospheric adventure bicycle road trip game. Yeah, and I want that. It was oh my god, like the animation on that and where the, is just that? All of it. I mean, that was announced back in 2020 during the Game Awards, so some time ago. I want it. We'll get it eventually, man. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah, Don't no, worry, no, man. No, we'll no, get no. it. Anyway, I'm not about to pass up the fact that I that I slam dance on Smite and give Fall Guys 
the go-ahead on fucking 2B. Oh, I gave it to him. 2B, it's clever. Ha ha ha, look at it. <sighs> yeah, it's a, it's a little weird, but it, it is one of those things where it's like, Fall Guys is trying to be this sort of like cross-media platform, like Fortnite is. Great. Yeah. And, I mean, we've already kind of seen things like that happen already. I can't remember which characters have been in it, but we've gotten characters already. I'm not as mad about Spite. Or Spite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, whatever. I love the thing that's taken into context with this, where, like, there's that famous Yoko Taro interview of, like, hey, why did you do this and this? Or why did you make this game? And it's like, well, because I wanted money. Why did you make the decision? Because I wanted money. And everybody's, like, pulling it. It's like, why did you bring 2B to Fall Guys? No shit. Money. <laughs> like, Yoko Taro. Money. Like, yeah. you know, he's a creator. He wants to get paid, so. And he does not want to wake up early. I love that man. Yeah. And he loves women. I did too. Same, dude. I did too. You looked at me like you didn't believe that, though. <laughs> no, I, I believe you said it with conviction. Uh, so we got Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings Around Cool. Uh, Endless no, Dungeon no. game. <laughs> Endless Dungeon? Oh, shit. Yeah, actually, that that's the one that they showed off last year that had the cool music into it, yeah. but it's like an isometric kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Listen, I love isometric games. Yeah. I don't know what it is. You know, I, I, I fucking, my, my, my brain is hardwired to be like, if it's isometric and a little hack and slashy, mm-hmm. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, same. I mean, I, that just speaks to how much like we are like Diablo kids at heart, right? Yeah. And then... What's weird, I didn't grow up with Diablo. Hmm. I feel like I grew up with like Diablo's um, Shadow, oh, right? Yeah. Played all these other games like Hunter the fucking Reckoning mm-hmm. was my jam on PS2. And I didn't realize like, oh, they're just aping Diablo shit, hmm. which is probably aping some Warcraft game I didn't play. Doesn't Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, here's an interesting one. So, uh, Call of Duty Zombies creator announces Deviation Game Studio in partnership with PlayStation. Actually, I, I misled you. I said it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those weird things where I'm just like, dudes, this, again, could have been a fucking email. Mm-hmm. Right? This could have been like a press announcement or a PlayStation blog. Why are you taking up oxygen on the, on the stage to not show a game mm. at a game showcase? Right? Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound like a dick here. Like, I get it. We're celebrating, you know, creators and mm-hmm. stuff as Gaming well. And stuff and but, like, it's it just feels like not quite the right avenue for that, given, like, how the proceedings go. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, let's have some musical guests. Let's have some cool, you know, stuff. It always just feels, like, weird where it's like, hey, it feels like the Homeworld 3. Hey, guys, we're in partnership with Sony. Going to make some cool things. Mm-hmm. What, are you, what are you working on? <laughs> Can't wait to yeah. show you. <laughs> okay (laughs) yeah because it reminds me of like the pre-e3 stuff that sony would do where like sean layden would just be like outside somewhere on the red carpet and be like hey this game's coming to ps4 for free day and day this thing's happened it's just like a quick like verbal diarrhea of shit that's happening (laughs) versus like a proper presentation of it yeah (laughs) this could have been anywhere else it could have well whatever you know i'll give it to them maybe they were padding for time they need to reset um uh, the bunker that Jeff Keighley was filming out of. Sure. <laughs> Who knows? Sure. Um, oh, I, I did like this getting uh, Giancarlo Esposito to mm-hmm. kind of talk about Far Cry 6 with uh, our boy Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, what a boisterous man. Yeah, I. Who, Jeff or Giancarlo? No, Jeff is tired. Yeah. He's, he's a fuck. He's basically what he's a husk of a man, thanks to the games. So, Giancarlo <laughs> Esposito is interesting because I don't think I've seen too many interviews with him. Like, I've always ever just seen him in role. Right. Being Gus Fring or being, like, you know, the He's character so fun, actually. for the boys or whatever. And, yeah. you know, like, 
seeing him smile and just be really excited to be a part of this video game and be this character was just really, really interesting. And he was trying to kind of play out the fact that like, oh yeah, my, my character Anton Castillo is not a villain. No, he's very nuanced. And like, well, he's wrong about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that. Yeah, he, I, Obviously it was just kind of like, you know, chatting a little bit. But... I mean, we literally watched like a Far Cry 6 like thing at the UB Ford mm. where his character comes in, guns down a bunch of people. Yeah. Indirectly, of course. He just, he does the whole like, I'm not a bad guy. Yeah. I'm just going to kill this woman over here. <laughs> yeah. I think you're trying to paint him as like, in in the way that a lot of despots are, they try to paint themselves as everybody's friend while kind of like parading their own agenda. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he's not a villain. He was joking about that part. But... I just like that interview. I don't know. It was cool to see them talk, and he's got a nice living room. I yes, he does. <laughs> I I would love to just talk to the man. Yeah, what would what, you talk to him about? Things he likes, mm-hmm. like just stuff he likes. Like, what does he do? Yeah, he has kids. What's that like? What's like to be a dad and also be like the bad guy in the Mandalorian? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? What's going on? <laughs> I would ask him what his fears are. What's he afraid of? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Really. You know, we need to bring back inside the actor's studio. <laughs> I miss James Lipton. God rest, rest his soul. In peace. Uh, good man. Yeah. Good interviews. Good shit. Mm-hmm. They probably still do the show, and we just don't know anything about it. We should get Eric Andre to be the new James Lipton. Where did that come from in your brain? <laughs> because he does a similar, like, hey, we have, like, a, a talk show where, like, somebody sits down and... And he fucks with them. Yeah. For fun. Yeah, wouldn't that be funny? Getting really prestigious <laughs> actors to just fuck with? Come on, what's your sense of spirit? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, <laughs> evil sense of spirit. <laughs> evil dead. You just th- pitched me between two ferns again. <laughs> you're like, where's your spirit? And I was like, I was talking about inside the actor's studio to get into the minds of these actual people. And you're like, yeah, but fuck with them. Make, make them sit on a whippy cushion. Set their couch on fire. <laughs> you're right. My spirit's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, give me some spirit for this one. Uh, Evil Dead the Game. Hootie hoo! Oh, oh this is gonna be the shit. Okay, as we figured, it's it's got some Dead by Daylighty vibes. Mm-hmm. It is a it's doing a four v one situation into mm-hmm. the game where four people are one of the heroes of the Evil Dead series. Which, by the way, I'm sure is gonna be bewildering to anybody that hasn't seen more than one of the films. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the fact that you have the Ghost Beaters from Ash versus Evil Dead the series. You have fucking Army of Darkness characters. You have old Ash, young Ash. Mm-hmm. You got fucking Ash Ketchum. It, it's every one i love it um however i will say i like that it has more pve elements than dead by daylight does Mm -hmm. like you're obviously fighting deadites that aren't human controlled yeah whereas there's like one like primary like kandarian demon following you around and shit and Mm -hmm. kicking your ass which is cool and they got bruce campbell to narrate the whole like oh yeah demonstration the the whole presentation of it was really great yeah this game looks really solid i'm a big fan of world war z we both are Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, i think saber interactive is just doing really cool stuff in the how should I say it? The licensed horror space? horror space. Yeah, dude. Licensed horror shooter space. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly think I like having other studios take that licensed horror on. I guess because yeah. it seems like Dead by Daylight's trying to have a monopoly on it, which mm-hmm. they mainly do. Sure. The problem is I don't like Dead by Daylight's gameplay. Like it's not something that I want to engage with repeatedly, mm-hmm. right? This seems more fun. You got fucking boomstick. You got your chainsaw. You're cutting up demons. Yeah, man, I want that. It looks great. I'm happy for it. No date, though. What if they made you pay for Bruce Campbell quips? I guess I'd like be buying them. 50 cents for a cool voice line that said, heck off my boomstick. Or what does he say? What are his lines? That's a steal compared to Cameo. Oh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta pay like 500 bucks to get fucking, I don't know, 
Um, who, who's the guy from Saved by the Bell? Zach Morris. Zach Morris to fucking say Poggers. Well, I think that's that's his character's name. I don't actually remember the guy's main name, but uh, he was in Weeds, was and it? he looked pretty good in that. I hear uh, Weeds is coming to Smite later this fall. <laughs> yeah, I actually leaked that earlier in the episode. <laughs> also, oh, we we actually got some more Back for Blood shit. Mm-hmm. Apparently, you fight giant weird beast in that game wow. too. Yeah, we're gonna get up in that. Game. Oh yeah, I'm excited for that. You and me have never played Left 4 Dead together. I think that's true. I think that's true, too. Yeah. That, for as much as we've lived together and played together, there's yeah. a lot of games we have never played together. Right. Um, Tummy Sticks, Tummy Left 4 Dead. Yeah, Overcooked. Um, over- um, I don't always want to play Overcooked. Yeah, that's fair. I get it. I, yeah. I always want to play. You don't want to play. Yeah, I just always... I just one of those things. Yeah, you know? for sure. For sure. I'm excited for Back for Blood. Yeah. I want Back for Blood. Turtle... What is it? Turtle Rock? They made the original L for D um because i think valve took over part two like completely and then decided that the best way to continue a franchise is by not at all (laughs) in true valve fashion yeah or make it exceedingly impossible to get into a new uh new franchise like with half-life alex where it's like yeah man just a three thousand dollar barrier of entry for this game yeah you're gonna love it what the fuck (laughs) <laughs> it's like they create the the need for this like manufactured want for a game, and then they create a vacuum as well by just being like, okay, well, we know you want it, but also the barrier here is here. You're not gonna be able to touch it. I think if you're, I think we've talked about this before, but if you go to Valve like and just like look at all that what's happening, it's like it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. They don't need to be in game development like that. They don't need to hinge their business on game to game IP to IP because sure. obviously they have Steam and these other things, mm-hmm. and they like being more of um, they act more like a tech company, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to an extent, all video game companies are tech sure. companies, but they want to act like big tech. They want to be like industry pushers and and shakers rather mm-hmm. than like well, developers. Yeah, developers, yeah. honestly, which is like okay, that's fine. That's fine. Can you like license your shit? Out? Yeah. <laughs> can Can you just like you know get these licenses made by other people then seems like that's easier for you. yeah it seems like the very like weird konami thing of like why are you pearl clutching these ips let people do things with them <laughs> you know jj abrams is making a portal movie is he really uh-huh that's cool could you imagine though portal movie comes out and people are like cool what, what game is this based on it's like oh here's this game from a thousand years ago <laughs> yeah that is like you can only get it on Steam basically mm-hmm. because like if you pick up the orange box that fucking shit what <laughs> yeah people wouldn't even know what the orange box is they're like what is this relic of two thousand how many what? games game stops do I have to go to to find the orange box like I don't know <laughs> but yeah overall I I like the show but again it's like um there's a lot of filler and there's a lot of things that just didn't feel um super exciting Mm -hmm. but i think it's one of those like see what sticks like a little bit of everything for everyone you know kind of kind of deals it's fine it's cool i actually really enjoyed day of the devs after it Mm -hmm. what were some of your takeaways from uh dod dod felt a little more intimate very straightforward like hey here i'm the game developer making this what's up dudes there's no like you know there's no huge like uh here's a bunch of streamers or some shit there's no flagrance to mm-hmm. the to the proceedings is very much just like hey i'm a bearded man that makes games and i love games check out this game that i'm in love with mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it was cool and there's some titles that really stuck out um i was showing you a trailer for a title called a musical story yeah that looks so cool 
Very interesting art style. Takes place during the 70s. It is a rhythm game where you don't see the tablatures on the screen. Mm -hmm. You actually have to listen to the music and and press buttons in accordance to what you're hearing, which Mm -hmm. is a really cool, like, next level idea for music games. Yeah, versus, like, you know, a lot of other games where it's, like, very much time button prompts. Right. I likened it to The Last of Us Part II's guitar mechanic where it's, like, it lays the chords and structure out there for you, but it lets you just strum how you want. Yeah, doesn't it feel like a whole game could be built around that mechanic? Yeah. It looks awesome just yeah. dealing with music. Um, so it follows a young man named Gabriel uh, who is in a challenging situation who must revisit and reclaim his memories of traveling with his bandmates in order to come to terms with his predicament. Um, it's developed by Gleechy's Studio, and it's coming to PC, Switch, PS4, Xbox, and iOS in October of this year. Super cool. I don't know. That's why, like, Day of the Devs is just that, like, really special, like, kind of hot pot of things that you wouldn't find anywhere else. Yeah, honestly. Really, like, I was actually struck by how cool some of these titles were. And I was like, dude, some of these deserve to be in the main showcase. Why did you show me two bean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? Like, this is way more exciting than two fucking bean. (laughs) Um, And then Axiom Verge 2 is Mm -hmm. actually going to make a jump to being more of a... um, Sundered-esque kind of hack and slash. Yeah, more like melee-based. Melee-based, which is really cool. I was really into that. There's Um, an interesting beat on here where they say that combat is being tweaked a bit to where they're... I guess they got a lot of criticism from the first game where people just weren't able to like beat certain bosses. So they're going to have it so you can actually beat the entire game without fighting a single boss, which is hmm. interesting, I guess. Like, I guess if you... There's no progression items tied to beating bosses, right? Yeah. But I I would just be interested to see how that played out. It'd be a much shorter game. (laughs) Like, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I like that. I can't hate that. Like I want to fight the bosses, but you know, the fact that they listen to this feedback and go like, okay, well, if you want to like experience the game and not do bosses, sure. We have a mode for you. That's cool. What what if that was the concession for like making souls born games accessible? Like, okay, you can play the whole game without fighting the bosses. That's our easy mode. (laughs) I don't, think that sounds out of the realm right like it doesn't sound that crazy (laughs) maybe that's the way to do it rather than you know making the boss like exceedingly cheesy to fight like just be like hey you can skip that boss to just progress the story yeah that's not like optional bosses have always been a thing in games and even like looking at uh like breath of the wild right Mm -hmm. like you can totally forego playing the entire game and go straight to calamity ganon and fight him so to (laughs) to the average gamer or part of the pog um if you were to write on paper oh you can skip boss fights yeah they might be like oh they wince at that but if i were to write on a piece of paper going you have more options to engage with the game how you'd like they'd go oh that sounds good that's great and Mm -hmm. it's like okay cool one of those things is skipping boss fights Mm -hmm. Uh, okay You, you don't have to skip boss fights but but like the challenge yeah yeah yeah. you don't you don't have to skip that yeah. challenge but but but, but, but like st- stop yeah. what 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 does it how's it hurt you what, what are we doing here <laughs> you know so it's fine yeah it's, it's like a fine thing it's interesting i just think it like where developers are often reactive to their last product and like how they develop their next sequel this is probably the most interesting take i've seen in a while um i don't know if it tops uh we made resident evil village less scary fair like that 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 that's the one where i'm just like well wait a second <laughs> i mean i guess i don't know that feels cyclical like i feel like that happened with the original line of games too. yeah it kind of did so. didn't it? oh uh death's door hmm. got a lot of play this e3 so far death's door is again an isometric hack and slash got some souls like uh, qualities to it or roguelike i'm not sure from it but mm-hmm. you play as a fucking raven going around <laughs> attacking monsters and shit yeah it looks, it looks really cool really neat i'm really into it that one's actually coming out real soon july 20th 
Hmm. I'm going to pick that up right away. Oh, yeah? Actually, I'm really into that one. Okay. Yeah. Um, we got more of... I, I skipped because, like, I actually didn't see Day of the Dev, so I'll let you ride through whatever yeah. else you want to talk about. Yeah. But we got more of Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals. Oh, yeah. Which... I fucking love Oxenfree. I love Oxenfree. That's one of my favorite indie titles. Isn't it like three bucks right now in the PlayStation mm, Store? Yeah, they're doing yeah. a sale. Um, it's an amazing game if you haven't played Oxenfree. Very fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very excited for part two. So we'll see what it is. Um, as far as things that stood out to me, there was a horror game that's harkening back to Silent Hill kind mm-hmm. of style. Fixed perspectives, but it's called Walk. The cool thing about it is that it has this crazy like scan line VHS overlay mm-hmm. that makes it look like found footage horror. Yeah. But it's like fixed perspectives. You play as a little girl in a Japanese suburb being uh, chased by this horrible beast monster, right? That changes like, like the art design is crazy how it looks when like it shows up, the screen turns like red and shit and just like you need to check it out like i can't even yeah. describe it right like, i watched a really bit cool. of it with you it was really really cool yeah I'm um before we skip over anything else i'll say toem looks pretty cool toem yeah it's like a black and white like photography game i might have missed that one actually yeah, with puzzle elements kind of top down it looks really really cool what else is on here i know this is probably gonna upset a lot of people who are like really into the day of the dev showcase but i i actually just didn't actually watch it in full so yeah i think everyone who's really into the day of the dev showcase would be very upset with you. yeah uh we got more of road 96 though which is cool um which one is that <laughs> so that's the problem with it too where it's like which one is that because like one is that? uh road 96. i keep on hearing about this road 96 yeah you're youth from the dystopian country of Petria, and you want out. Armed with little money and no plans, you're headed for the border via the branching and winding Road 66. You'll meet numerous people along the way, some friendly and some not. And your choices in this procedural narrative will determine whether you survive oh, yep. and make it to freedom. The word yeah. procedural trigger. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. That's fine. That's cool. There is a um, stop-motion animated game mm-hmm. that looked really fucking cool called... V- Hang on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher it. I need to look at the word... Vocabolantis. Mm. Vocabolantis, I think, actually. That's a cool word. Yeah. Um, it's inspired by games like Gris and Little Nightmares and stuff like that. Oh. It, it's a side-scroller, but like it literally is where they scanned in stop-motion animations mm-hmm. into the game. It's taking forever. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Like, they're, they're saying, yeah, stop-motion takes forever to begin with, but they were basically saying, like, hey, here, we're announcing this. It's probably not going to be out for a very long time. Mm. Sorry. But, like, it looks really cool. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm going to shout out uh, Behind the Frame, which is kind of like a Studio Ghibli style game in terms of like animation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, It's a narrative driven puzzle game with painting and drawing mechanics and 360 degree panoramic scenes that look something out of a Ghibli movie. You play as a painter trying to become a professional artist, but with the intended feel of an anime film. That's really cool. Yeah. So good stuff on there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Does anything else stand out to you? We got a lot of titles on here. There's there like, a lot of shit, dude. Yeah, but like uh, yeah, I, games. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything else that really like super stood out, but yeah, very cool games. I like Dave the Devs. I do. I like. I want to see more of that. You got to go in person a few years back, right? I did. Yeah. Me and Chelsea went, and our boy Fitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were all there. Uh, very famous story. Um, where? Why don't you tell us? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you a story again. I've, I said it about five times on stream. Yeah, but that's different from a uh, podcast, which is yeah, forever. You, you, yeah, no, that, I love this because I can just reuse the same content. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Daddy's got you some content. Open up wide. <laughs> um, yeah, so Greg Miller of Kind of Funny Games. Host of E3. Host of E3 <laughs> right now. Doing a great job. Gregarious Greg. I, I like him. People have a problem with him. I like him, dude. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Until you tell me the day that he fucking is like 
just twisting the heads off of babies and just like drinking the the insides and like I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna truck with this that guy. That sounds like something he would do on too many Busans. Honestly, that wouldn't push me over the edge on that. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, oh, that's kind of on brand. Yeah, if you were a sex pest, that's yeah, when I'd be like, oh, okay, thing. this is fucked up. Sure. But you can kill babies. That's fine. Um, no, he was right behind me as I was watching a demo for uh, Move Out or Moving Out, which looks like honestly an overcooked game yeah with moving mechanics but with you know like furniture yeah, instead of yeah, food exactly yeah it, it's a very easy flip and apparently chelsea thought that i had saw him and just decided not to like say anything about mm-hmm. the fact that i've followed his content for years <laughs> and was just like yeah so that's why i didn't tell you he was there and i was like are you fucking kidding <laughs> she was like yeah i thought you saw him i thought you were like joking i'm like what do you mean you're like, I literally did not see this gargantuan <laughs> man standing in front of yeah, me. Yeah, like, I didn't I didn't know yeah. he was there. It was a dark-ass... Ri- like, it happens in a bunker, <laughs> right? Is it really? Yeah, it's, like, really dark. Hmm. But, yeah, that's the story. That's a good Chelsea story. betrayed me. <laughs> yeah, I could have said hi to Greg Miller mm-hmm. uh, before we find out that he's a sex <laughs> <laughs> You got in on the ground level. Yeah, so... Kudos to you, Jeff Keighley. You did it again. You put on another cool presentation that shows that you just love being a part of the industry. I'm not Go sure if you actually like playing games. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen him play a game. Yeah. But I'm going to be honest. Sure. I've seen him talk about games and say things are really exciting. Yeah. Ha ha. Thank you for being here. But yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not going to gatekeep Jeff Keighley. Like, he's no, like no. this big presence in the energy. And he tries to be mostly positive, And I, I appreciate it. So. Yeah. You know what? Jeff, you come in here. You're, you're good. Uh, how would you say... Uh, an arbiter of games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think everyone's anyone's ever been called an arbiter of games before. No, I think he is officially dubbed on this episode the arbiter of games. Yeah, Jeff Keighley, arbiter Mr. of games. Game and Watch. Uh, I, I, I'm also happy for him because he has been finally freed from gamer prison. Uh, for finally for the Elden Ring yeah, reveal. For yeah, revealing. such a weight was like off. Yeah. of because people are just like, hey, when are we getting more Elden Ring, Jeff? Hey, hey, hey. He looks so super excited by the way because he was just like, it is time. It's finally here. Like, like, I've never seen him get shit. so excited for anything. And he was right. It was hype as fuck. Yeah. Like, seeing Elden Ring was, like, it made... It gave me oxygen to my face again. Mm-hmm. I I felt clear, clear of thought. Mm-hmm. And uh, have something to look forward to in 2022. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, damn, I gotta stay alive for another few months until this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know what? Mm. Hey, it's video games are awesome, man. Video games are awesome. Video games are awesome. I really like video games. Yeah. I hate marketing. <laughs> you hate commercials and misleading yeah. shit and yeah. Randy Pitchford shirt collection, but you love video games. <sighs> Do I hate Randy Pitchford? I don't know. Ask yourself again. Do I hate Randy Pitchford? Because the first question was the question. The second one is the statement of affirmation. I think I'm critical (laughs) of Randy Pitchford. I'm critical of him as a presence. And we have heard things that he's done shitty things. And I hate that. Mm -hmm. I hate his actions. Do I hate the man? I don't think I truly hate anybody Mm -hmm. uh, that I'm willing to talk about on a podcast. (laughs) Fair. Fair enough. Who do you hate? Yeah, go ahead. That's a good question. Yeah. Not really anybody. I'm pretty tolerant. Pretty tolerant? Yeah. So you think I'm intolerant of Randy Pitchford? I think you're tolerant in most cases. Lactose intolerant, definitely. Yeah, Your true. Pitchford tolerance, though, I don't. it oh. wavers depending on the presentation and the day. I think, uh, I think you wanted to like the Gearbox stuff, but you would have liked it more if Randy wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually true. Yeah. So, mm, Interesting. Well, 
Thank you guys for listening. This was the kickoff to, I guess, the summer and also E3. Sweating. Yeah, it's getting a little hot. We got a movie to catch in like an hour. Yeah, I know. So that's pretty exciting. Um, But yeah, so what what the schedule goes, I guess, next for E3 that we'll catch in our our kind of recap is tomorrow we get Square Enix. uh, Xbox and Bethesda first and then Square Enix. Mm -hmm. And then PC Game Show and something else. Uh, Yeah, I don't remember. And then Monday is Capcom. And something else. <laughs> Tuesday is Nintendo and something else. Yep. So we'll go into more deep dive stuff like once it is yeah. all done. It'll probably be another two hour banger. Yeah, we'll probably have another E3 episode next weekend. Yeah. Uh, or next week for yeah. you guys. And then one day we'll enjoy. breathe and we'll do another plays and catch up on all the games we've been playing. But yeah. Yeah. But until then, catch us over at Twitter at Save Room Show. Tell us what your fucking Jeff Keeley highlights were. You know? There you go. Yeah. Well. Your daddy's made you some content. Mm -hmm. Open wide. Enjoy. We made you some content. Jeffrey Bezos. Jeffrey Keeley. Oh, we did it. (laughs) 